0: You know, we keep driving up the hill, and then we just come out onto this bare sort of area. And he parks the car, and we get out. And I could hear grunting everywhere. You know, probably four, four or five bucks down in this gully, in this you know thick timber. You couldn't see them, but you could hear them. Oh, this is awesome. Uh, we didn't even go down there. We walked over to another area, and poked our head off this ridge onto another ridge, which was just a bare ridge. And if there wasn't twenty bucks there, grunting and and rutting out in the open, I'd go and And I just looked, I just could not believe it.
1: G'day and welcome to the Hunting Camp the podcast. This show is proudly brought to you by Cayuga Broadheads. The boys of Cayuga have strived to bring you one of the toughest and best flying two-way broadheads in today's market. The new pilot cut has been tried and tested by some of Australia's best bow hunters and I highly recommend you give them a go as well. Take advantage of a 10% discount when you go to cayugabroadheads.com and use HCDU ten at checkout and change the outcome of your next hunt. All right, Mr. Murphy. Welcome back to the show, buddy.
0: Thanks very much, mate.
1: Thanks for having me again. You're Good to speak a, to you. Yeah, mate. Yeah, well, well it's been a little while between. Yeah, yeah I think on. we I think we had a quick chat when I got back, didn't we? But yeah, yeah it wasn't very long. No, haven't caught up really. Mate, You're hard to catch. <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> hey?
0: You come down to Victoria and you don't
1: even drop in. Yeah, I'm an arsehole. <laughs> hey, I, yeah. I get called that every day. Yeah. At home too. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> mate, you've uh, you've had a hell of a year, mate. You've done some bloody well you're bad as me, doing miles over the over the over the ocean.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's been um
1: it's been good. I've had a had a good uh, good month last month and stuff. So a
0: couple of trips on to or well, Montana and then straight on to Bulgaria. It was awesome.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So we yeah. You come down off that. Now the new bows are coming out. What have seen? Did I say Bowtech today? Yes. Yeah. Bowtech Hoy, just. Hoy it was last week. Yep. And then... uh, Prime came out uh, yesterday, I think. Right. On. Did they bring yeah. out? Did they bring out a 33 or 35 inch? They did. Uh, They've it's... got both. They've got a a I 33 know. and a 35. I know someone is waiting on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Mr. McCulloch, if you're listening, yeah. uh, his, wish, yeah. his wish come true.
0: Yeah, I think the 35 might suit him at his draw
1: length and there stuff. Go. There you go. The man is going to be a good bow for him. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I was um. Yeah. I'm actually impressed on the Hoyt stuff. I'm impressed with the alloy riser one, that Helix. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Yeah.
0: yeah, it looks all right. I I'm. I must admit, I'm, I'm always a bit biased when it comes to bows. I don't like the shorter axle-to-axle ones. I think everyone yeah. shoots better, a little bit longer. So I was a bit disappointed that the RX-3, the, like the Ultra, uh-huh. It's about an inch, inch and a half shorter and, um, like, the, the normal RX-3 is only 30 inches, like... Yeah. I, I know where they're coming from and stuff, but mm-hmm. um, I just... Yeah. And, and I mean, it's always, like, they're, they're just specs, like, you need to um to shoot them to actually get yeah. a good feel of what they're like and stuff, but... Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, that's... um The Matthews Triax was a good example of that, wasn't it? Like that's a,
0: exactly right, yeah. You know. And I think that's, you know, where Hoyt's sort of gone with that, yeah, the, yeah. The the RX3 like that. Always those shorter axle to axle bows are always going to be a lot quieter, uh-huh. a lot more, you know, uh, dead in the hand and things like that than the longer ones. Yeah. Um, I know Smithy and I have been, you know, we quite often talk about it because we both shoot, you know, both got 31 over 31 <laughs> inch draw lengths, so we shoot those longer bows, and it's really, and he's a he's fanatical about trying to get his bow as quiet as possible. Oh yeah, he's on. And. You know, these longer bows are just harder to do that, but the shorter ones are, are really good. But um, yeah, and the Tri-Axe was just a phenomenal bow last year. Like. Yeah, yeah. So I think all of these bows that have come out, like the Hoyt's this year, the Primes, and even the Botex, like the Realm series, if you're in that 27, 28-inch draw length, they're perfect for you. Yeah. 29, you can probably shoot them.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Anyone anyway, over that, you know. I wouldn't be sort of looking too much at them. I think, yeah,
1: might be better off saving your money and getting last year's model. Well, I always keep thinking, like, where do they go with them? Yeah. Like, it, it really, oh, I feel sorry for the engineers on, on any company because, I mean, how do you, I don't know, where do you take it? Like, they're, they're performing that ridiculous anybody at the moment. Yep. Um. You know, I think it, well, you and I spoke about it, you know, when we were over in the ATA show, like, just walking around shooting them yeah, you, you know, it's like, Oh, I really like that and you're like, Oh no, I don't like that at all And then yeah. you go to the next booth and it was like, Yeah, no, I really like that. Yeah, so do I. It's like it's really then it comes back to just how it holds in your hand and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, and everyone's a bit different, how they shoot and stuff. So yeah, you know, what, what works for me is not gonna work for you and yeah, and vice versa. And and yeah, with different draw links and you know, that people have and things like that. Yeah. And and what you wanna do with it as well. Like, you know. Um I'd, I sort of always look for accuracy and stuff, and that's hmm. hangover from the three D days and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas other people, you know, they might be better hunters than me and get closer, and they don't need you know that pinpoint accuracy that sort of I look for, and they they want a quieter bow or you know, yep. things like that. So. I
1: found um, it. There's my, definitely a
0: bow there for everyone.
1: Oh, definitely. I my thing is just grip. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Like I, I'm just a big I'm a fanatic with what grip I've got. Um, that's that's where I sort of pick it up straight away like I was like yeah I like that that's how it fits sits in the hand and then everything else comes with it
0: yeah yeah so and that'd be interesting to see how you go with the new Hoyt mm. one with that adjustable grip oh, yeah
1: yeah definitely and I mean I noticed paper tuning um, oh, you know uh, Benny does all, you know a lot of my stuff whenever mm. we're playing around and he can actually shoot mine relatively well but it's amazing just watching on the paper tune he can get a bullet bullet hole or vice versa. I can get one. He grabs it and there's not one. And yep. we're shooting the same bow, and it's really, it's really, yep. really interesting. So that adjustable grip could, yeah, you know, that, that that could be something to, um, be interesting yeah, it should, to play around. It, with it should sure. help,
0: help a few people out. I um, I actually got a message from uh, handsome Rob about that the other day <laughs> from Rattler Grips. Yeah, because um, he was saying that he thought Hoyt probably should have just gone with instead of having the grip adjustable gone with different thicknesses in the side plates in the plates yep yeah to, to give you the same feel and then that would be a little bit more like i i haven't seen these new hoists, so i don't know how solid they are and whether that you know being able to move that grip is gonna whether there's going to be a, a risk that that can move mm-hmm. you know, in a hunting situation or whatever whereas yep. the side plates wouldn't once they're bolted in they're bolted in yeah but, for sure um but yeah. So. What well, your, I mean mean, Handsome what? Rob might just want you to want to sell more rattles. So. <laughs> well, fair enough. <laughs> Which are a good grip. I must give him that.
1: Yep. Good old Rob. He's a good bloke. I mean, mm. someone that we met down in New Mexico completely randomly. He's uh, he's become a good buddy. He's uh, you know, he's always dropping a message in. Yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. No, he's a good bloke, Rob. Handsome, I should say. <laughs> Mate, um, what was the? What sort of? Were you waiting on like what? Were, what sort of bow were you thinking? You know, I can't wait to see what they do. What one was sort of standing
0: um, to? I, I was sort of half looking forward to the Hoyts because um, I'm shooting the RX One Ultra now, and I yep. like that bow. I um, had a bit of an issue with it initially, um, but once I changed the let off module, it's yeah, it was really good, and that's what I took overseas and things. Yeah. Um, I had a uh, the Bowtech BT Mag, which I mag x which i really like but i still have a bit of doubt when it comes to the the limbs on votex even though they're sort of in-house limbs now they've changed where they how they manufacture them as things but um i like the hoyt because hoyts have always been dependable for me yeah um and i really like that ultra the ultra and i thought i was hoping they'd bring out something you know, um, Probably just change the cam a little bit, make it a little bit more like the old spiral cams they used to have, gotcha. but stay with the same specs or even go a little bit longer axle to axle, but unfortunately they've gone the other way and gone a bit shorter. Mm-hmm. And um, even the brace height's a bit shorter, which, yeah, so um, like it's a six-inch, yep. six and three-quarter inch brace height. So, you know, so it's probably about the same, but, yeah, the axle to axle is a bit shorter.
1: So for, for the new guys listening, um, just explain
0: the, the brace height. Yeah, so the the brace height's basically the distance from the back of the, the handle, back of the grip to the string, um, and that's important for. Look, the shorter the brace height, the shorter that distance means the longer the arrows on the skin on the string. So there's you generally get more speed when there's a shorter brace height because the the string's actually pushing the arrow for longer. Um, but the longer it's on the string, the more chance you have of got uh, of talking the bow and. Um, having grip issues, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, brace height's a little bit. Um, dep- a, a short brace height for me is no good with my long draw length. Gotcha. But for someone with a shorter draw length, it's okay. So if I've got, if I shoot a bow with a seven and a half inch brace height, uh, at thirty one and a half inch draw length, that's equivalent to say someone shooting a twenty eight inch bow at you know a six and a half or six inch brace height. Me. So it's about the same. So it's yeah. Brace a little bit dependent on, on your draw length as well. Yep. And the axle-to-axle axle length is basically the distance between the two axles on the cams. Um, the longer that is, the less string angle you get at full draw. Um, and the less acute that string angle is, the better you're able to fit it to your face and the more consistent you'll get your anchor. Mm-hmm. Um, again, that's um, obviously draw length dependent uh, because if you've got a longer draw, you're going to get a steeper angle. Yep. on whatever axle-to-axle bow it is compared to someone who's shorter. So sure. that's why I say all these new bows, they really, really suit those people in the 28 to 29-inch draw lengths. You know, they're really good for that, I think.
1: Yeah. So, um, step like using that as an example, I don't want to jump jump cues too quick because I know we're going to talk a bit of gear tonight. Um, I mean, what um, what sort of surprised you? You know, you've mentioned Hoyt. What was a couple of the others that sort of surprised you in a decision, whether good or bad?
0: Yeah, same. Um, Prime was – basically, they're all the same. The, uh, the Prime bows, you know, they've um, they've gone a bit shorter or – not shorter, but they, they've got short bows. So mm-hmm. their Logic CT3 is only 33 axle-to-axle axle, um, and the CTS is, is only 35. They've got both uh, short brace heights, so only um, six and – Six-inch brace height's on the CT5 and a, a six-and-a-quarter-inch brace height on the CT3, so they're really short. Yeah. So just not – the Logic's a good bow, uh, the original Logic. Um, and I, I prime make good bows, so I would assume these, you know, shoot very well. The The original Logic is 31-inch axle to axle, but it's got a seven-inch brace height. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, so sort of probably a little bit easier to shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think – like they've actually, they've gained 10 feet a second in speed with these new bows, or five to 10 feet, depending on which bow. Mm-hmm. Um, just by decreasing that brace height, basically yeah. by an yeah. inch. Okay. So, I don't know. I'm a big believer in don't not buying a bow based on its speed specs. You yep. know how fast it shoots. Buy it based on everything else.
1: I'm glad you, I'm glad um, you jumped into that because I was just about to sort of say like. Um, getting a getting a few messages through just in regards to, to gear. Um, so we'll, we'll start with just bows for now while we're on the topic. Um, is there an average roughly, you know, as most of us between sort of 28 and 29 from from your experience, is that a pretty average on a draw length kind of thing?
0: Yeah,
1: I, I think 29 is like the average.
0: Okay. Um, and I think from memory uh, at least a few years ago that bows used to be made, you know, to for a 20. So they, they're most efficient at 29-inch. Yep, draw length audio. because most people shoot at around about 29. Gotcha. Sort of 28, 29 inch.
1: All right. Yeah. So you, using 29, you've got, you got someone that's uh, maybe been shooting a while, looking to probably get one of these new bows. What's a bit of advice on the long lines of they've got a 29 inch draw length, you know, what, what are some of the key features that you'd look at? Um, and we're talking someone that probably hasn't shot for all that long but wants to get jumped straight into something decent straight away.
0: Yeah, I would always go with the longer option. So... Um, with the Hoyt, it'd be the Ultra, so the RX3 Ultra yep. rather than the normal one because it's a longer axle to axle bow. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Prime, I would be going with the CTS, the Logic CTS5. Again, that's a longer one. That's the thirty-five. Even though you've got a shorter draw length, than same, you'll get it'll be much more comfortable, much easier to shoot um, at that sort of axle to axle length yep. um, straight away. Yep. The, the shorter bows are just harder to shoot, and especially if you're starting out, you really want to be shooting something that's
1: easier to shoot. Um, if that makes sense, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, for those who don't know, that I've well, I i did not really introduce you because it's like your 10,000th time on the podcast, but um, <laughs> yeah. you run obviously, frequent flyer points. <laughs> you, you are a bow hunting coach, and that's that's your tag on Instagram, um, Aussie bow hunter. But you, you, run a, you run a coaching seminar, um, you know, throughout the east coast, um. What's the biggest thing you find sort of you know uh, maybe the one two and three um, that you sort of find is it is it more the bow is not a shooting bow or is it more you find that you know there's it's too much bow for a lot of the guys that are coming to the seminar
0: um, yeah probably they've just got the wrong bow for them yeah so some pipe sometimes they've either bought a secondhand bow off a mate or whatever yep. which is fine you know that's how you you start out and stuff but um, once they go to the shop and they some people just have an idea in their head what they want from. they talking to mates or whatever. They gotcha. say, "Oh, I'll go and buy the the realm," or "Go and buy the logic," or "Go and buy," you know. So they they just want to buy that. They don't really try all the all the bows, um, which also is a little bit hard in Australia because we don't have a lot of bow shops that stock all the bows. So it's mm. a bit hard to try everything. Tough. Yeah, yeah. Um, so shorter the shorter axle to axle bows are always the ones that they market you know, the, the companies market the most and they're the ones that people buy. And so when they come along and they've got this shorter axle-to-axle axle bow and the, then the draw length isn't right and it's really hard for them to get a consistent anchor point, yep. which makes it really a bit difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the um, probably the that brace height because a lot of people, when they start out, don't have a really good consistent grip. Um, and I think that having those shorter brace height bows, those faster bows make that a bit harder. Yeah, uh, And probably the third thing is because a lot of the you know, people get sucked in with the speed of the bow, some of the cams to achieve that speed are quite harsh. Mm-hmm. So if you're a beginner, you really want a soft cam, something that's really easy to draw back because you want to be shooting a lot of reps, a lot of arrows. Whereas with those harder, harsher, faster cams, sometimes it's hard to draw them back. You get tired really quick and your form deteriorates pretty quickly. Yeah, got ya. Yeah. Um, and I think like the speed bows, I'm not a I've never been a big fan of speed speed bows because I don't think you can't beat a, a deer or an animal reaction time with no matter how fast it is. Uh, and also with the, the speed bows, the cams are really uh, not always, but a, a lot of the time they're as I said pretty rough, pretty aggressive to draw back but also to let down yeah and I think it's important that you've got a nice bow that you know if you draw on an animal and it walks behind a tree, or whatever, or standing there looking at and you have to let it down. You need to be able to let it down as smoothly as possible, and not yeah. sort of jerk around and yeah. scare the animal. I guess,
1: and then so. draw, and then draw it, draw it back again at the same and time. And draw it exactly, yeah,
0: yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I shoot yeah.
1: um, locky, you know, I, I shoot the the turbo, the RX1 turbo. Um, you know, I'm the first to admit a turbo is probably not one to, you know, definitely probably not a beginner to to shoot. Um, probably use, not a
0: beginner, but I, I, yeah, I think that's a good boat. Like that was. Oh, really? I wish that that turbo cam was on the um, okay. on the ultra.
1: It's interesting to say that. Um, What's what your main sort of? Yeah. What sort of makes you say that?
0: Um, I just liked the the feel of that, and that that reminded me of the Hoyt used to have um, used to have some ultra and they had a spiral yep. cam yep. on it, and that was really it's sort of getting back to that spiral cam, which was um, sort of a lower let off. but didn't have you, know, you sort of had to be on your shot the whole mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Um, and I like that feel of yeah. of that so I really liked that the turbo it was yeah. just a bit short axle to axle for my long my draw length yeah I just couldn't get it in my draw length but it's, fun. um, it's funny you but say yeah that. you're right for a for a beginner that's not an ideal bow
1: funny you say that being on the shot because I feel, I find uh, that's yeah, as soon as your form slightly you know as soon as you get a little bit lazy in your back wall or anything like that it lets you know straight away um, exactly so I think, yep I just find that shooting shooting the turbo, your, your form's just, which it always should be, but it's a very quick reminder when it's not. But it's, yeah, you know, your, your form's on or it's off. It's just one of those two. Yeah. There's no sort of getting lazy in between the shot or, or through yep. the shot. Um, yeah. And I, I just, yeah, once again, I, I, and I've said it this before, it's just the height grip that I, I really like. That it's just something about what they've done. So I hope the new one hasn't changed too much. Because that's what I loved about the, especially in the, the RX one was was that grip, um, you know, yeah. it stayed pretty well. So they stayed very similar, you know, throughout throughout the years, really.
0: Yep, yeah. yeah, no, it's a good grip that on the on the Hoyt, but I mean, I took mine off. I, I liked the, uh, I like just shooting off the riser, especially yeah. those carbon bows. I think they just they just feels awesome.
1: Yeah, they're a bit softer, so like have yeah. got that rounded feel. So it is it is quite yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, and and
0: most of the bows are when you take the grip off, they're um. Yeah, they've got that um like a rounded edge on the on the riser, so you can shoot them, you know, straight off the riser, which makes it really good. So
1: Yeah. Well mate, shifting um, gears from Bose, yeah. mate. We um obviously you're the tech editor for Arrowhead magazine. Um, yep. you get to play with all different kinds of things. Um, yep. A Couple of different things, mate. What's uh we're sorta of getting towards the end of the year, so it's sorta of anticipation of new stuff coming out. I don't know whether you go on the ATA show next year or are you?
0: I'm. I'd not, like but... to. <laughs>
1: I'd,
0: I'd love to go, but uh, I'm just not sure that I can. At this stage, it happens to be right on my birthday, and I'm getting a big one this year. So, um, we'll out. see. And, and I've got another couple of trips planned for later in the year, which we'll we might get on later <laughs> on anyway. <you know>, so, <laughs> yeah, it, I've, it's funds and time, unfortunately.
1: I've uh, I've been snooking into a trip to Fiji. We've got a family wedding over there in February, so I'm done. I, I won't be going no. to the shows the show season this year, but yeah. we made the most of it this year. So Yeah, no, it was but, good. Um, and I
0: think you know, I'll definitely sort of probably look at if I don't go next year, the year after. Right. Like every second year, I think it'd be good.
1: Yeah, that'd be really um, good. But yeah, going back through through this year, um, and we can probably try and lead into a bit of stuff um, talking about guys getting into the industry, which is it's awesome to see some guys get real keen and, and keen to sort of progress through rather quickly. Um, talk about some of the stuff you used this year some of the stuff that you reviewed um, some standouts, some disappointments just take us through that um, through 2018
0: yeah the first um, and probably the, you know, the number one thing at the start of the year was the, um, the Garmin site the, the Zero site and, uh, I had that for a few months and I must say I was really impressed with it, yeah. it was, yeah, it's a fantastic site for what it does um you know, everyone sort of, well, it's not everyone, but a lot of people sort of knocked knocked it and, you know, it won't do this, it won't do that and stuff. But shit, it does it does a lot of things really, really
1: well. I've got to be honest. Um, we, we actually t- did that in the motel room at the ATA show. We tried to find something bad about it. We couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then you got one to shoot.
0: Yeah, and and look, it's, you know, you can shoot it in any weather, like rain doesn't affect it. You can shoot it, you can aim at the sun and you don't get glare off it. You can do all those sort of things. But just to be able to put your bow up, press a button, get a range and have a pin just dropped exactly to that range is just, and then nothing else. So you've got no incumbences, no posts sticking out, uh, anything like that. And it's a nice, big, solid... um, aperture on, on the lens itself. So you can see the whole animal and everything. Like that. It's just, yeah, it's really, it's mm-hmm. really, really good. Really real game changer. Um, and the things you can do with it, like once it's set up, like to be able to shoot, you can, you can put 10 different pins in it if you want. Yeah, right. uh, you can use it as a fixed pin. You can use it as a single pin. Um, you can just use it to range. It'll range something on the move. Um, it'll give you constant range. So if you keep your finger down, you can range fifteen different things all at once. All right. Um, if you've ranged an animal and you let your your finger off, and it brings up your pin. If you end up, you know, drawing down or something like that, and you end up drawing back again, the same pin comes back up again at the same distance. Okay. Um, you know, it's it just yeah. The the more expensive model that it counts your shots. It's got a target. Um, a hunting sort of section or a target section. Okay. Does yeah, heaps of different things like uh, yeah. The, when I had it, I was trying to think what what was missing on, on it, like what I could think would I like to have in that site and I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. So I had everything that everything that I wanted plus more. What are those? I sort you of- set it up for two different arrow combinations you could
1: yeah. How'd you find the the attachment, like to the bow, and all that kind of stuff, like on the engineering sort of things? So all that was as good as anything else you would used.
0: Yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah. yeah, it's Garmin quality, you know. So, yeah, you know, well, if anyone's had a Garmin watch or GPS or something, you know, they, they don't break easy.
1: Yeah, the brand kind um, of speaks so it's really for itself, doesn't it? Really. Mm. Yeah.
0: Um. A few people had trouble setting them up. Um. So when you had when you set them up, you have to set up the range finding pin and it's basically got a, well, the color I chose was red. So a red pin for the range finding pin. And then you had a, a green. green circle that would have to go around that pin mm-hmm. um, to make sure that your range finder was pointing in the right direction. Okay. And to set that up at full draw, some people found really hard. Gotcha. Um, I remember, I remember seeing a post, about someone took them about four or five hours to set that up. So when I first got it, I allowed myself a whole day to do it. It took me like ten minutes. So <laughs> I think anyone that's, or I think anyone that's played around with sites enough before, Got it, yeah. can can set it up fairly quickly. Gotcha. Um, the thing that a lot of people think, or a few people have suggested, is you know maybe next year when they bring it out, they might bring out one with a micro adjust for that part, for mm-hmm. that section, which would make that a lot easier to set up. Yeah, right. But to be honest, once it's set up, it's set up.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and the the advantage of that of that range finding system. Is having the aperture and the pin is that when you come to full draw, if you're talking your bow at all, you know it because Uh, your your aperture and your pin's out out of whack.
1: Ah, what's it didn't work that?
0: Yeah, no, it's fantastic, and you know that happened to me a few times just playing around with it. You come back to full draw and think, oh, what's going on? And um, what it was was I if I initially had it set up so the um, the button to activate the rangefinder or the pins was I was using my index finger, mm-hmm. and I found I was actually talking the bow a little bit to get my finger on the button. Mm-hmm. So I changed the position of the button to have my middle finger do it, and you know, I wasn't other. talking the bow anymore. So, okay. yeah, that's interesting. So, um, the only I had probably two issues with it, two problems. Um, one was I found if you're shooting targets with it, you actually get a bit tiring. Yeah. Um, so I went down the club a couple of times and shot an ABA round, and I'd shoot two or three arrows at each target. So I'm shooting nearly you know, 50, 60 arrows by the end of it. By the end of that, I was getting tired because when you you draw back, then you 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 know set your reticle, you press the button, you get your range, you take your finger off, the pin comes up, you put that pin on the target, and then you start your shot. Yeah, so it's so a slow process. Just that yeah, it's just three or four seconds. It's not very long mm-hmm. at all. But when you do that over and over again, <laughs> yeah. I started to get a little bit tired towards the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, in a hunting situation, that's not going to matter at all Yeah, because right. you're only doing it once, you know. Yep, yep, y- you're not going to get 60 shots. If you're getting 60 shots, I want to know where you're hunting because I want to come. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
1: or you're a real bad shot. And fighter, the only huh? other
0: thing I had was that it froze on me a couple of times. Yeah, right. So it's got a system in it where if the battery life gets um, down to 25%, the rangefinder won't work, but you can still bring up the pins. Okay. So it's a fail-safe method so that yeah, if you're out in the bush and your battery's yep. dying, then you, you're know, still you going can't use the rangefinder, but you can still use your pins so you can still just use it like a normal sight. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, when it froze up, it would freeze up without the pins up, uh-huh. and nothing I could do with the button or anything would change that. Uh, I had to take the battery out, reset it, put it back in again. So yeah, it's basically okay. just undoing the cover, taking a battery out, putting it back in, yeah. and it would—it was going working again.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, they did an update. This is the beauty of having an electronic site, I guess, is there was just a computer update. I just plugged the site into the computer and updated it,
1: and it got rid of that so did ever, problem. Did you ever think of just plugging a, a, an archer site into a computer? Never, <laughs> never. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, and look, you know, in the old
0: days, if you had a problem with your site, well, it was pack it up in a box, send it back to the manufacturer, and they'd fix it and send it back to you. Oh. Now you just you just email Garmin, and they say, oh, you just need to get the update, so you plug it in. Yeah. And it's up updated. Like it took you know, five minutes. And off we go. So uh. it's it's certainly different. Like yeah, uh, it's a it's a fantastic thing to use. Yeah, yeah. Um, whether I'd buy one or not. People have asked me that, and my thing is I'll wait for the second generation of it. Okay. And I really loved it, but I had that problem, that freezing problem, um, and I reckon they'll eliminate that, and they might have the micro-adjust in it.
1: Mm-hmm. So that'd be, yeah. So, um, he's on for you, and I know you've done a buckload of hunting, and I've listened to Aaron Snyder, uh, Kefara cast, Aaron Snyder, and, and yep. I kind of liked his point of view of it. But like where, with this stuff, and I don't, you know, definitely not, you know, trying to bag it because I reckon it's a ridiculous product. But where do you draw the line? Well, you get rid of rangefinders then altogether, don't you? Simple as that, really. Yeah. yeah.
0: Look, I, I've i always shot with a range... As soon as I could get my hands on a rangefinder, like I've got a had a big old bushnell thing that looked like, <laughs> you know, a double pair of binoculars yeah, with a big button on the side. That was my first range finder of things. Um, and, and it's the same reason I use pins. Like mm. I want to be as accurate as possible. yeah. And if I'm hunting, I don't want to have to guess the range and maybe miss it and wound mm. an animal, you know, um, things like that. So I think it doesn't get you any closer to the animal. It doesn't allow you to shoot any further away than what you should. Mm-hmm. so it doesn't actually change anything you do all it does is just make it a little bit quicker to get that get that range yeah got ya and, and it's, when con- and you, it's when compact you... yeah yeah so I I think you know range finders I think might be on the way out and we're either going to in the next you know four or five years everyone's going to be shooting range finding sights or have range finding binoculars
1: it won't be long and we're pressing our temple and we'll come up in our eye right? well yeah, <laughs> hopefully.
0: <laughs> but I think, like, the range-finding binoculars are getting better. Yeah. Um, I got a chance to try the Vortex Fury um, that we're reviewing. It's out in this edition of, of Arrowhead.
2: Come on. Um
0: And they were really good. They were really impressive, like really good glass. Um, the range-finding part of it worked really well. Yeah. And they were small and compact compared to, you know, the, the Swarrows and, and some of the other... Um, sort of older range-finding binoculars. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, I'm just thinking that yeah, things are going to go, go either way where people won't be carrying around a little range-finder. they will carry around a lighter pair of, you know, good quality binoculars that have got a range-finder in them
1: Yeah.
0: or a range-finding side.
1: It kind of, I mean, I, I think the range-finder, it kind of stuffed me, you know, because I used to shoot a lot of 3D when I was younger. Um, Got into the point, you know, you're the same actually. You know, got yardage judging like perfect, but, once it got to the hunting, and you sort of only really had that one opportunity, and you wanted to make it the best, you know, I just went, I just reverted straight to the rangefinder for sure. Um, yep. I mean, I don't use one up north. When I'm in the Cape and that, I don't use one because I think every shots, it's between five and twenty yards. So those, I just, those it's, just close ones, yeah. it's just a single pin shot. You got your binos there just to get the lay of the animal and those kind of things, and just make sure you got the angle right. But I don't, I don't use the rangey but. Um, I'll I tell you what, you know, chasing a few, you know, stalking a few boars in the mountains and that, like a bit of dead ground. And that's amazing when I've thrown up the range here, I'm like, i am second guess the range finder because I'm like, it doesn't look that far. But once again, it, you know, yeah. luckily, you know, it was the difference between picking it at 26, 27, it was 32 or whatever it may have been. Um, yeah, so close, but can make all the difference when you're... You know, yeah, and that that, like that
0: you know those five those five yards is easy to be fooled that five yards, oh. and you know that makes a big difference on where your where your arrow is going to hit. Yep. In a hunting like with a hunting arrow, yeah, not so much you know if you're shooting 3D or anything because you're, you're generally shooting a little bit faster and stuff. But that's it. Um,
1: yeah, and I mean to be honest, you know when I say it, it stuffed me because I obviously a lot more hunting now than you know I'm not just getting back to 3D very often. You know maybe it, once every few months, but going back trying to judge distance on a 3D course is just <laughs> I was oh, sitting yeah. there on a target for about five
0: minutes, going, "I don't know." <laughs> I go, "Dad, how much? What? What do I should know that?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, um, I, I was never good at, at the distance estimation of three D. That yeah. was what really let me down because okay. I'd be good a lot of the way, but there'd, there'd be one or two targets that I'd be way out, and that's what always killed me. So, yeah. you know, I yeah, whenever I get a range, one remains.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's bang on. <laughs> I'm happy, to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, so yeah,
0: I think yeah, um, but I I don't think it I don't think it makes anyone a better hunter or a better shot. Yeah. I just think it makes it easier, um, and probably there's less there's going to be less misses on animals and stuff. Just, it's just it's so much easier to aim with just a single pin mm. than it is with with multiple pins because you're not gap shooting and yeah. and things. If you've got the exact distance and the pin comes up on that exact distance straight away, then you're going to be a better shot. That is
1: pretty cool when you're
0: thinking of it that way. Yeah. Save me me forgetting
1: to move my pin too. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, you know, the the single pin
0: um, hunting sites are really good Mm. because for that reason you've only got one pin to worry about. You can, you know, if you remember to put it on the right (laughs) distance and you've ranged it, yeah, you're right. But if you don't get time to range it, Or you know you can't move your hand and change the pin at the same time, or whatever. You know you got to aim high or low or whatever. The Garmin just gets rid of that because once you're at full draw, Mm. you just hit the button, bang.
1: You got your pin and off you go. Yeah. So. Mate, you mentioned you mentioned the Vortex Fury. Um, I was lucky enough to play around with the. Well, I've just got myself a Swaro SLCs. I did think about the the ranging ELs, but to be honest with you, the pocket couldn't do it, but. Mm-hmm. Have you had a chance to, to compare those two? Uh,
0: no, I've, I only had the. Um, Doug had the, the Fury down at the club when we were doing a bit of. taking yep. a few photos and stuff one day, and I, I used them down there. Uh, he took them out, and he's got the, the Swarrow owls and stuff, and has had for years. Yeah. Um, so he's done a, a good review on those. Mm, um, that'd and be they. Interesting to read. You know, yeah, there's not a big there's a big difference but not a big difference between yeah. you know like everyone knows like you, you get those high-end glass and they're really good mm-hmm. but for the average bloke do you really need that sort of real high-end glass yeah um that don't get me wrong i'm not saying the vortex aren't high hand or or good they are very good you know um but they're just not that sort of next level up but they're a lot cheaper like it's Two grand or just under two grand, you get your rangefinder and a, and a really good pair of binoculars. that a lightweight as well. You know, they're not that big and bulky. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd definitely be looking at at getting those. And I, you know, I would if I didn't have. Well, I've got a pair of swarrows And once you've got them, you don't want to get rid of them. Yeah. Um, but if I was looking for a new pair of binos, that's I'd be certainly looking at that.
1: Well, I'm glad you said that because uh, that was a question I had for you. Um, I'm gonna do a bit of a shout out here, Scott Jamo. Thanks for the message, buddy. Um, he has written in, I said that I had a good guest coming up being yourself there, Murph. Um, he said he's looking to, to buy a pair of buyers, um, entry level. Um, he sort of didn't want to spend too much but didn't want to waste his money at the same time. Mm. Have you got any sort of ideas? I mean, Vortex is a straight stand out to me. Um, even I ran Vortex Vipers for, well, I've only just changed them out. I've had them for years. Yep. Um, I think they they were six fifty or something at the time. I think something like that. Um, have you got any other sort of ideas that you
0: could um, that you could throw at? Um, I used to I ran the Steiners for years. Yeah, um, and didn't mind them. I think over here in Australia they're the Wildlife Pro version. Okay. Um, I mean we picked them up in the states years and years ago, probably ten years ago or something like that, and they were the uh, Sport Hunter or something like that. Okay. I can't remember exactly what they were, but they're they're, they're Branded, they're the same binocular, but they're branded different here in Australia, or they used to be. So, so, what,
1: so what is it again?
0: Um, Steiner, I think they're Wildlife Pro. Yep, and what are they um, running at? Can you? on oh, no, it's hard. Um, they were around yourself. about the same price. So those back in those days, I got mine for like seven hundred dollars. Yep, something, and yeah, they're really good. And I had them for years, and yep. in fact, I've still got them here. Like I still, yeah.
1: I think the Vortex um, have a. Is it Diamondback? I think is the next one down from yeah. the viper i think yeah, and, and I've, I've had a look at them too and same thing again unless you're in low light you know trying to glass out a million miles i, I think for a quick look at them you you're not going to tell the difference it's really yeah. those with binos especially you know you can, you can pick up a sphere of suaros or a top-end glass and go oh wow but it is that low-end light that that's really during the middle of the day or or good light you're really not going to you're not going to pick up the difference too much. I don't think.
0: Yeah, and it's not a big difference. No, you know? no, so you know, it's there's not a for the for the price jump. I don't think it's a big difference. Yeah, for me and for for the way I hunt. You know, different people hunt differently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'm not, you know, I'm not glassing really at last light and stuff. Like you know, once I start to not be able to see my pins and stuff, um, I pull the pin like. The one thing hunting of a night that I don't like is if I even if I can still see my pins, if I can't see the animal well enough, I, I'm not going to shoot. So, yeah, yeah. you know, well, I don't worry about it. So, you know, that doesn't sort of worry me too much. As far as magnification shooting a long way away, uh, trying to glass a long way away, well, then you, you're basically just looking it up in your power, aren't you?
1: Mm, yeah, pretty um, well. I mean, it's I found uh, getting probably stepping up in a couple of levels here, but um, I remember when one of the boys first got there 15. So it was 15 by 56 in the Suaros. That shit's just a whole not level. Yeah, <laughs> that, that is just, and to be honest with you, I mean, it's a lot of money. I'm not gonna say that it's, it's not a lot of money, but for, for what you actually gain out of them, it's not a lot of money. And the stuff that we picked up, glass and i remember the first couple of sessions, we did that uh, with hunting the hills and, oh man, like those, we we'll just, I had just a 10 by 42s and I, you know, I can maybe see a bit of a color variation and we're not that, you know, we're, we're not we're glassing an opposite face, but yep I'll tell you what, you get them 15s on a tripod, holy smokers. And i tell you what, even 10s on a tripod, and I know the Americans talk a lot about glassing off tripods. Um, you know, once again, Aristotle, Jay Scott, all those ones, they're big off, off, you know, off tripods because they're chasing a lot of mule deer and, and things like that. I'll tell you what, what you can see, you've, it's amazing how much or well, how little movement there is on a, on a tripod. Uh, yep. If anyone's got a, got a chance to try it, it's amazing. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Oh, incredible.
0: And that goes back to, you know, I was saying about how you hunt and what, you, what you're doing. Like, you know, yep. if you're getting 15s, you got to carry a tripod with you as well and stuff yep. like that. And, but don't, if you're, don't put if your you're there to last distances and, and pick something up, you know, at a distance, then yep. that's what you need, you know. Yeah.
1: Very much. Um, yeah, it's sort of yeah. I mean, yeah, it's so hard. I think, I mean, if money was an issue, you could have everything to sort, you know, to use on every different hunt. You know what I mean? As yeah, we all sort of, well, you know, yourself, you come up my way, and we're hunting differently to what you do down home. So it's sort of yeah it does make it a bit diff, you know, a little bit difficult that way. Um, yes, mate. Talking about accessories, and I'm going to jump back to Scott's message here again. Um, he's a he's a new bow hunter. Um, he's obviously got a bow. He's just looking more on the accessory side of things. Uh, we're talking about binos, uh, nice backpacks, etc. Uh, for a new bow hunter, um, I mean, you can keep it pretty simple. I know you're you're you very similar on this, but just just a couple of brands, maybe to you know, especially on the bow, looking at sights, uh, stabilizers, yeah, it's here or there. Um, there's a couple of decent sort of sort of probably rests out there, but I know sites are something we're we'll talking about. The Garmin, not everyone's going to jump out and buy one of them, but what's a couple of yeah. brands that people should check out?
0: Um, with as far as sites go, like you know, Spot Hog have always been a good brand. Solid. Um, I've, yeah, I've had a, I've got a Spot Hog Hogget that I've had for 15 years,
1: and
0: yep. I took it away with me, you know, on this last hunt and stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm running the fast um, Eddie. Yeah I, like, yep. yeah, I love it.
0: Yeah. The other one that I really like that I've had for a long time is the black gold. Yeah. got the black gold Ascent, a single pin, yep. and I still use that. So I I basically swap depending on what I'm going to hunt and things or where I'm going to hunt between a fixed pin, like a five fixed pin or a, a single movable pin, which is the, the black gold. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was over in Montana, I dropped in to see the black gold guys. Yeah, nice. I had a tour of the factory and stuff like that. Uh, and they've got a really good sight. That's I've cool. updated their Ascent site um, this year. Uh, it's just come out, actually, this mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're sending one over, and I'm pretty keen on getting that. So that'll be – I've got that in a three-pin movable site, so I'll use that um, you know, 20, 30, 40-pin site and then use my 40-pin as my movable site. Gotcha. A uh, movable pin, sorry. So um, And the the black gold, I really like their – the photochromatic shell they've got on it so if anyone's seen that before they've got a out in bright light it's a purple shell so it works like transition lenses on your sunglasses on on glasses and stuff so if it's out in bright light the shell turns purple turns a dark color so it lets lets less light into the fibers okay and when as the as you're getting into darker you know darker area of the sun's going down that becomes clear so it lets more light in on the fibers. So the, pin, just, the pins the pins stay that. the same size the whole time. They don't flare out in the sun if it's a sunny day and they're not too dull, you know, when it gets dark. They stay about the same.
1: They need to market that shit more. That's awesome. Yeah, no, they've marketed it for years. Like that black gold have been around for years. And yeah, they yeah, have I um, oh, mean I know them over obviously a bloody good site. Um, mm. Yeah, I know I've had one for five, six
0: years, I guess, and yep. Yeah, yep. it's yeah, it's still in yeah, it's still going as well as what it did the first day I got it, so... Yeah.
1: I think you're yeah, one of the ones, you know, so the guys are sort of looking into getting a bit of gear. A site's one that you can keep carrying on with the bows. You know, you might update your yep. bow or change that, but your site, you kind of just grab one and yep. And you're really only talking 100, 100 to 150 bucks between an okay one and the top of the line. So, yep. it's one of them ones where I think just, you know, buy well by once. Um, yeah. And I that's...
0: Think, I, I say that in all the seminars and stuff with new bow hunters and things like, you know, buy a good rest, good sight, good stabilizer because it'll go on all your bows. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll swap bows, you know, whether you upgrade because you've only just bought an entry level bow or, you know, you're like some people that, you know, like me, or know, like I used to be, you know, new bows come out every year. You want to buy the new bow. Well, as I said, that spot hog site's probably been on 25 bows, <laughs> you know, yeah. over the time. That's only last three years too, guys. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the same with the rest, you know, I've got yeah. some trophy taker rests that have been on oh, yeah, a heap of bows and stuff. What are you running now? Uh, I've still got a trophy taker on one bow and I've got the uh, knock-on, the John Dudley knock-on alibi oh, yeah. rest. Yeah. And I really like that. Yeah. I really like that.
1: So I'm that's probably... Hands-key. Sorry, I'm running handsky.
0: Yeah, we'll see. Hamsky's another good one. I've had mm, a Hamsky I like it, yeah. um, since they first in. and Hamsky's got a lot better too. I, I had the the original one that they first brought out, and it was yeah. pretty big and bulky things, but the new ones are yeah, so yeah. much so much better. So just, any of those three, like the yeah the the Trophy Taker, the Elevate, or the Hamsky,
1: are really good rests. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just wish they'd give me a stainless steel bolt for the riser bolt. Everything, oh, else. Was, everything else is stainless on them, bar that one. It's rusty yeah. as shit. Yeah. They do rust <laughs> something so, pretty quick something so simple. Like, everything yeah. else is unbelievable on it. Just that one little thing annoys me. But no, yeah. actually far as actually as far as the rest goes, the little spring of that on it. Uh, yeah, just a real good rest. I would really like it. And, I, yeah, I've noticed John Dudley's stuff. It, he's obviously fine-tuned with a couple of companies and some of the stuff he's got going. Funny, yeah, yeah. no, it was a, it's
0: a good rest that... Um, that Elevate one, I, I really yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as far as quivers go, everyone probably knows. And seen so, you know, that I run the Quiverliser and have
1: for, Me too, yeah. have for went, a few years now. and I had it, went away from Gone back to it. Yeah.
0: Look, it's not for everyone. And no. it, is, it is awkward yeah, that's for probably the, the first three minutes. That's the best what way to put it. It's awkward. Yeah. But yeah. you get used to it pretty quickly. And yeah. especially if you're backpack hunting, or you're carrying a bow around, or you've got a heavier type bow, it, it makes this whole system a lot lighter because yeah. you've, you've got your stabiliser and quivering together. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: having a bit of extra length on your stabiliser helps balance the bow, mm. you know, settle down your pin movement and things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been playing around with that and actually adding weight to the end of it to give me even a little bit more stability and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I just... I've just been messaging with Dan Evans who runs Option Archery and he's got a new, uh, the
1: cash bar. Oh, that'll kick back.
0: Yeah. Rebar. Uh, yep. So he's sending one of those over. So oh, good. So that'll be something interesting to try. So basically that's like a, it's working like a rear stabiliser, but it's actually a, a, um, a hollow tube mm-hmm. that he puts all his necessity uh, or emergency hunting stuff in there so he's got an emergency hunting lamb bow. You, always got, you always got your bow with you too yeah usually. so that all just got all just goes in there yeah
2: that's
0: uh, a cool idea um yeah i think that's yeah i think it's pretty cool because uh, the one thing i found when i was hunting in bulgaria this year was because it was a bit windy in spots mm-hmm. um my hoyt being the carbon bow and with the quiverizer on everything was a bit light so i was yeah. a bit i couldn't take and I wasn't going to take some of the shots because it was a bit too windy and I was getting blown around a bit. So I just needed a little bit more weight to settle on the target. Yeah. So yeah. since I've been home, I've added a bit more. I've added a bit of back weight. Okay. Um, with a, a rear stabilizer and stuff. And then if this uh, cash bar comes over and um, and it works well, and I can adjust the weight on that, then I might end up using that, and that'll that should steady things up even better. So yeah, yeah. Be interested to try
1: that. Yeah, definitely. I mean that's uh. I mean, always, as I said, there's always something. I, I, I found the Equivaliser, as I said, I was with it. I found it awkward, went away from it, and then I sort of come back to it just to wanting to go back to a lighter setup, you know, just for carrying yeah. around. Uh, and yeah. when, I, when I was in Alaska, obviously, we, I, had the, I had the bow on the back of the pack, but it was really good because I just ran the Equivaliser in the side pocket with the arrows on it. Yep. And then the bow didn't have any kind of stabiliser or anything hanging out of it. So when we were going through the brush or anything like that, nothing was catching. Yeah. And all I did was slip that out of the side because you had to take your bag off to get the bow off anyway, so I just slipped it out, yep. clipped it back on, and so I didn't even use it on that because the trouble I don't like about you know having it on you know you've got that little piece where you can clip it onto your bow, so it becomes a side mount. Yep. The trouble is your arrows still hang down, and yeah. if you're in that brush, they clip off all the time. Pull off, uh, yeah, Yeah. Exactly. So having it in that side of that pack, I was like, it was I just didn't have to worry about them at all. They were protected. Um, yeah, I found that really, really good. Yeah, yeah, I think
0: that's a good way to good way to do it. Mm. um i I run with mine on all the time just in front because i use it to push through the brush yeah um and if it gets really thick and i'm you know if i'm crawling on my knees and stuff i actually use it like a walking stick so i just you know i've got the stabilizer down i'm using the the bow as i'm crawling in on my legs and on my knees and things so yeah
1: yeah
0: um yeah but as i said it's like everything it's not for everyone yeah um and most people that I you know that I see just don't like it initially when they first get it because it is it's different to load your arrows from the opposite <laughs> side, yeah. And you know if you're carrying your bow, your arrows sort of dig into your side a little bit, and you think oh I can't put up with this. And that's exactly what I thought when I first got it.
1: What's going on? And I've got
0: long arrows like you know mine are 30 inch arrows sort of thing, so <laughs> they really stick into me. But you get yeah I get used to got used to it really quick. Yeah yeah yeah
1: for sure it's like anything yeah like army. yeah yeah <laughs> definitely. So, um, mate, release aids are probably a little bit of a hard one. It's a it's oh. a bit of a personal preference and we could probably go on for hours about them. But um, I think just use use what you can shoot with comfortably until you get used to something and then try change it up from there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole mumble jumble, I know, but <laughs> release aids are a hard one. Well, I got the...
0: Um, when we were at the ATA show, I, I fell in love with the Scott Ascent, which is a back oh, yeah. tension release aid. She could... It's good. If anyone knows what back tensions are, they work on a half moon. Blizzard's got two, so you can actually adjust the click before it goes off. Oh, that's um,
1: right. I've be playing around with that.
0: And look, it just felt it's so awesome in your hand. It's just the ergonomics of it is yeah. just fantastic. So I couldn't yeah. wait to get one. Well, they are just so slow in getting them out. Lancaster Archery is the only place that's had them. And yeah. I think I only got mine about or three months ago, so it was nearly six months from the ATA show where they introduced them to actually people getting them out. So, yeah, right. I've had that and I love it.
1: Yeah, cool. It's the, yeah, it's awesome. What's your recommendation um, on someone, you know, just starting out? Would you would just sort of say a wrist release? Like, what? It's I know it's hard, but you know, yeah. where where would just sort of what's the starting point?
0: If you if you're really just starting out and you're just it's the first bow and you've never shot an arrow, a wrist release is probably. Ideal because anyone can pull that trigger. Um, but as soon as you get um, starting to shoot a bit more uh, and and feeling com- comfortable pulling back the bow and aiming and things like that, uh, I recommend sort of some type of back tension release aid. Yep. Probably not a hinge because you know, they you, you need you hinges are great, you just need a little bit of instruction before you yeah. actually use them. Um, so I think like John Dudley Silverback. Um, the Carter Evolution or the Stand Perfects Mm -hmm. um, are really good ones because they're pressure-activated releases. So you draw back your bro, you take your finger off the trigger, and as you keep pulling back, as you build pressure, it will eventually go off. Yeah. And that teaches you really good shot execution. Um, And if you can practice with that and learn to shoot like that, you'll then shoot any release aid you like really, really well. Yeah, got it. So that's, yeah. Definitely sort of try and get onto those to initially. It's interesting, a lot of the uh, people that I get at the seminars now, like you know, with social media and you know um, YouTube and everything like that, people come a lot more informed than what they mm-hmm. used to. So I get a lot of people that can't, or probably 30% of people come
1: and they've already got a silverback.
0: Yeah. And they're already shooting it really well because they've you know, they're learning from blokes like Dudley and Yeah. I mean, uh, his, and things his, like that, it's really good.
1: His tutorial stuff online and I mean I don't know the bloke from Borough Soap or I've never I've never met him, but you know, you his tutorial stuff online and the way he the way he can talk archery is is incredible. Yep. And I mean, if you wanna know something, the man's done it all. He can shoot better than I've probably said anyone, so um, yeah, yeah, he he does. He talks it very well. He explains it really well, and the reasons for and against. I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, no, he's really good. And like you know, I, I push anyone if they if they're wanting to follow someone or you know get in um, information and things. He's one of the ones on online that you can get onto I'll that knows what he's talking about.
1: Yeah, he's one that says what we talk about and actually can shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because there's only a few of them. Yeah, yeah. So him and and
0: George Riles. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the two that I always suggest, and I mean they're, they're the two that do a lot of coaching and stuff. But there's other blokes like Nathan Brooks puts out some stuff oh, yeah. through the Elite website things. Yeah. Tim Gillingham from Gold Tip Arrows, you know, there's a few well, other blokes, but, but yeah, yeah,
1: some can coach it, some not so much. But they're just they're just unreal shots and naturally good at it. Yeah, um, but yeah, but um, yeah. So well, I think um, uh, we probably have well, we have we covered the bow basic set ups well, I guess we're probably saying in, in a wrapping it up on the, on the bow side of things is um, you know get the best you can afford I know everybody says that but it really is true you know if you can save that little extra money especially on the sites and that you'll have that forever um, yeah. and uh, you know reach out to guys like yourself you know just if you're not sure in between a couple of different things you know just reach out to us and you know we can give, only, give our opinion of what way we might go with it yeah
0: and there's there's always second there's always a second hand market always. for
1: you know for rests
0: yeah. and sights and stuff too because you know some people buy you know good quality stuff and it just doesn't suit them yep. there's nothing wrong with it or yep. they've got two or they're getting out of archery or you know yeah. well, selling like for a mate or whatever
1: we'll try something don't quite like it we'll move it on get the next thing yep. you know we're, we're, yeah there's a few of us like that yeah um, but yeah move I guess you know probably moving to to more gear orientated it, it's it's along the same lines we. Um, we spoke bonos, I mean packs. Um, getting and and thanks for everyone for all the, the questions in regards to backpacks. Obviously Exos are um, you know, a sponsor of the podcast. Um, you know, great pack, you know, awesome, especially the guys looking to do New Zealand down the track or those kind of things. The only thing I guess I could say and, and just being, you know, um, transparent is if you if you're only just day hunting and you know, just going for a walk in a, in, a, in a paddock or something like that, the whole frame pack is probably too much. You probably don't need yeah. to go and spend that kind of money. Yep. Um, you know, there's there's some really good stuff out there. Uh, depending on your budget, um, you know, no affiliation whatsoever. But the, ba- the Badlands stuff, they've been around for years. They've got unconditional warranty. It's ridiculous. Uh, they've got some great just day packs, you know, no frames or anything like that just to, to put a bit of gear in. Um, I mean, you might have a few others too, mate, but...
0: Yeah, no, I think you're you're spot on with that and that's that's what I tell everyone. Like you know, you you need to know what you're using the pack for. Yeah. Um, a lot of the, the packs, like the XO and, you know, Mystery Ranch and Kafaru and things, they're made in the States for the hunting that they do over there. Mm-hmm. And we've spoken about this before, you have to take your meat out when you when you harvest something. So if you shoot an elk, you've got a lot of meat to take out. Mm. So you need a really good pack to bring all that, you know, get that meat out, whereas we don't tend to hunt like that as much yep. in Australia. Yeah. Um, some people do, don't get me wrong, you know, they want to bring all their meat, you know. Um, but a lot of others don't. And if you're shooting pigs or goats and stuff, you perhaps don't need that kind of pack. Mm. Yeah. Um, but then if you're going to New Zealand, you're going to be somewhere for a week. You need All the gear that you take is going to weigh about the same as you know, all Paying the meat me that out. you're carrying yeah. out. So you, yeah. you do need a comfortable pack to, to be able to do that. Yeah. So you just need to work out what you're going to do. And yeah. um, definitely. Yeah, if you're not someone that's traveling much or doing, you know, more than a couple of days hunting and things, you probably don't need to spend all that money, spend yeah. your money on, you know, good set of sites or something else.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, in all honesty, I'd probably go on boots and binos before the pack,
0: in all yep. honesty.
1: Uh, yeah. You know, and, and look, I, You know, I know we get sponsors and that kind of thing and and, and I appreciate everyone's support, but I I definitely want to say, you know, I want to be honest to all you guys that, you know, you don't have to go out and, you know, just because, you know, Exo is getting talked about. Look, as I said, they're a great pack and they do their job, you know, more than they should. And, you know, there's plenty of other companies out there. You know, Kefara is one that does do um, packs that are only got stays in and not frames. So that is something, but they do get expensive by the time you get them here. Um, that's yeah. probably the biggest catch. If you're over in the states, it wouldn't matter. Um, yep. But I just know, yeah, Badlands. I think there's some Aussie stuff. I, know, I feel terrible that I don't, I don't know. But I think it's the Morocco stuff. I think they run some some gear. Some of the Victorian guys have got some packs down there. Yeah, the Paladin stuff. Paladin stuff. There's another great yep. one. Um, and talking about that, there's actually terrible news that we heard that yeah. you know, the, the passing there of um, of the founder of Paladin. It's you know, coming from back from our last episode, you know it's it's very sad to hear that, and uh, we wish all his his family friends, um, you know, in, in this bloody hard time. So
0: yeah, but, condolences uh, to all of them.
1: Definitely, mate. Definitely. But um, so the, yeah, there is some stuff out there. So I, you know, I think maybe just a, a couple hundred bucks get yourself into something that you know it's just going to carry your water and a knife for now. And um, as you work out, sort of what your hunting is going to take you. And once yeah. again, people ask me a bit about the size of the XOs. Um, I run a 5,500. I run the big one. That cinches down. I take it on the plane. Um, and actually, if anyone's watching Nick Morton's um, story, uh, Huntsman's Instagram story at the moment, that's my pack on his back. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had to help him out. But um, but once again, he didn't wasn't sure what the boy, you know, didn't really know. So he's like, oh, mate, if I can try one. And it's the best way to do it. If you've got a buddy that's got one, try it out. Um, get a bit of a feel for it, and um, but the fifty or five hundred goes down to that small. I don't think you need the i will go two thousand bag that goes on it, sits in my shed. I haven't used it since I bought it. So yeah. um, the thirty five hundred is a really good, maybe day to two day, maybe three three day pack, and and you know a lot of the boys get five days out of them. That's a really good all round size if you're not going to do any kind of extended hunts. I'd probably run the thirty five hundred, but yeah.
0: I think it's yeah if you can buy those packs that cinch down to make to be carry on
1: yeah
0: you know it's fantastic
1: yeah it's a way yeah. it's a way definitely um, yeah. the other side- thing
0: that you can do is um, is just go to a, um, a camping hiking outdoor yeah. shop and buy buy a backpacking uh, a hiking pack mm-hmm. that's what I run
1: yeah
2: yeah
0: I couldn't decide on what I wanted. From you know, um, from EXO or any of the other companies and things, so I just went in and bought a, a Mont backpack, you know, Australian-made sort of thing. It's red. I won't get shot during gun season, <laughs> 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 and uh, I could try it on. And that was the thing. Like I just, yeah. you know, I was a bit wary. This was a few years ago of buying something that I hadn't tried on. Now it's a bit easier with you know, um, you've got the EXO patch selling them. You know, so it's easier to get hold of and and try them on. Yeah, uh, but I couldn't do it when I bought mine. So, mm.
1: and I think the um, biggest thing is too. I, I know we're we're also in the hunting industry and camos everything, but like the outdoor world, they started everything as far as the gear, the clothing. You know, a lot of our companies that we work with now, uh, that's where they found it. They found it in the outdoor, the climbing worlds, the, you know, the, yep. the adventure stuff. So you know, a lot of the backpacks out there. If you're not carrying meat out or you're not carrying 10 days' worth of gear, you know, if it's just day packs, I mean, there's plenty out there that'll handle it, like, no yeah. problem at all, and you'll have it forever. Yep. Um, so, yeah, don't be scared to, to jump in any of those kind outdoor schools and get some the, the one
0: thing with the hunting packs is, you know, they generally have a pocket for your spotting scope. Yeah, or definitely. Or that yeah. sort of stuff. Mine doesn't have any of that. It's just a bag, but, you know, it's comfortable. It carries good weight. yeah, And, you know, it does meat for now and... I'll upgrade down the track and stuff but yeah um, I don't carry a spotting scope I don't have one so, um, it's too so I didn't really I didn't really need that so you know. yeah
1: yeah yeah. well actually talking about gear and, and this will sort of transition into a little bit of stuff that you and I got up to this year but um, talking about gear one of the other things that I found unreal and it's, it's sort of coming into Australia coming, it was the, the Garmin inReach mm. Um Incredible bit of gear. I'd nearly recommend anyone, especially anyone's chasing Christmas presents from their husband or wife or ch- kids, put your put <laughs> your order in. Um, from a safety point of view, unbelievable. Um, they've got the you know they've got the emergency button. They've on the big one. They've brought out a mini this year. I haven't had a to play with the mini, but um, it's tiny. That it's yeah. ridiculous. Like it weighs nothing. Um, you can still text that on it. It just doesn't have a GPS function in it. Yeah. Um, but the biggest thing I just found with them was the text messaging in it, just, you know, we're sitting up in Alaska and I'm texting Kylie back home just saying, yep, we're all good. We're at campsite day one, you know, just to let your loved ones know. Um, obviously, that's a safety feature as well, but the weather, unbelievable. Yeah. It was to the half hour spot yeah, on and cool. we're in a crazy place with weather. like. And they said between... You know, X time and this time it'll be clear, and then it'll it'll come in foggy again, and it was smack on. So we actually planned our following day to to that time, and it was spot, oh, on. That, yeah. it was spot on, absolutely spot on. Yeah. Um, it's pretty so awesome. Yeah, it was unreal. So that's a piece of kit there that I I, I sort of advise anyone that, um, or the hunts on their own, or was getting down the Victorian High Country, or, or anywhere really, Snake Bites, whatever doesn't matter. But yeah. that's that's a bit of gear that. I think that we nearly all should be carrying um, just a bit of security for the ones at home too yeah
0: and even when you're um, like when we're in over New Mexico I see, like when you're hunting with someone else but you're separated you know you hunt yeah. for a day and you, you go on different directions you can keep in contact so yep. if you shoot something you can just message me and you know, yeah. come over and give your hand and stuff
1: yeah exactly well Ben shot that elk and then you know, yeah, he texts you guys and says yeah bull down come and get me horses come in yeah here. Um, we were
0: off riding horses miles away from where he was. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So pretty good bits of gear. So that was one that was a real standout for me. So anyone that uh, yeah for the Christmas list, the Garmin InReach, um, yeah, it's a, it's a standout. And obviously they have got the mini now if you if you're not interested in the in the uh, GPS portion of it. So yeah,
0: yeah, that's no, a, a, that yeah, a good good one. bit of kit, good bit of kit I should say.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So moving overseas trip, mate. You uh, we mentioned earlier you've been gallivanting around the world. <laughs> um, started off in beautiful montana mate you're chasing elk and um, yeah you know then you sort of some random reason you went to bulgaria i don't know why <laughs> I don't know why you go there, that's but your was... fault
0: <laughs> I, I, I blame that on you if you didn't have ben on the podcast yeah. earlier in the year it wouldn't have happened but okay. um, i listened listened to the podcast with ben solaris and <laughs> He was talking about Bulgaria, and I thought, oh, geez, that sounds good. And yep. he was pretty enthusiastic about it. So mm. straight after I listened to it, I sent him a message, and we—he um, was, was saying that he was going over in—he was uh, going to hunt fellow in October, and told me the dates. And I said, oh, that almost matches up with my elk hunt. And <laughs> anyway, I went to the travel agent, and I could get a round the world trip, and it just, yeah, it all worked out also, perfectly well. Ben put his—he put his hunt off, you know, delayed it by one day and I left out camp a day early and, yeah, yeah, we met cool. up in Bulgaria for an
1: absolutely insane trip. Yeah. I, so I, I, talk, of, talk about the lead-up to it because I know that's a bit I struggle with is a lead-up and then we won't talk about it after it because that just hurts. But um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> talk about the
0: lead-up. The lead-up up. Was, lead was really funny because... Um, Ben had hunted with this guide service in Bulgaria twice, so the fellow one was his third hunt with them. So he organised everything. Um, I was pretty focused in on the Montana and the elk hunt because that was the, obviously the one that's coming out first. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really, you know, every now and then I'd get on, and, on the internet and have a look at the map of Bulgaria and try and see where I was hunting and stuff, and Ben would send me some photos of big fellow deer and things like that. But I didn't really... You know, I was sort of excited about it, but I had this elk hunt, so I was really excited about that too. And, mm. you know, um, so I really beforehand concentrated more on the elk, and just Bulgaria was, you know, not an afterthought, but you know, something I was adding on. Yeah. Um, I didn't have, didn't pay a deposit or anything. Wow. Um, it, so it was just, it was a weird sort of thing. So I yeah. didn't organise any of it. I just knew I was getting picked up at the airport by an interpreter. Hadn't paid any money. Hadn't sort of, you know, didn't know where exactly I was hunting or anything like that apart from a few photos that I yeah. saw. Hoping so
1: ben, ben would be there.
0: Well, that's right. Well, Ben wasn't going to be there. He was oh. going to be at the at the lodge already because he was driving from Greece and I was getting picked up. So, you know, at the last minute when I get out of the plane, I'm thinking, well, I hope someone's at the airport for me. <laughs> and so I messaged Ben, yeah, yeah, it's all, it's all, it's all good. And, um, so I arrived in Bulgaria. I flew from... Um, Montana to Denver, Denver to Munich, Munich to Bulgaria and came out of the airport. Yeah, no, there's no one here. To... I was expecting someone standing there with a sign saying, you know, Brad, there was no one there. I mean, oh, it's God, so what's murky. going on? Yeah. Then um, I got a message from Ben saying that, yeah, uh, Cailin, the interpreter, was there and he didn't know what I looked like and I didn't know what he looked like. So... that the tallest
1: person in the airport.
0: <laughs> well... <laughs> Ben said, just get on his Facebook page and, you know, see. Well, I had to friend request him to do that to find oh, out what he looked like. All the time I'm looking at this fella and I'm thinking, oh, it might be you. But then you also look a bit dodgy, so it might not be you.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it ended up, it worked out really well. And he was good. Caleb spoke fairly good English and things. So yep. we had a four-hour drive from the airport to oh, cool. the hunting lodge. And I got in at night, so it was dark when we sort of left the airport. Yeah. With all the flights, I just sort of fell asleep. So we talked for a bit and then I fell asleep. You woke up about 10 minutes before we got there, and we're where the hunting lodge was. It's on a reservoir Mm -hmm. and it's a big um, sort of hunting reserve. So in Bulgaria, from what I understand, they have each town has its own little hunting area. So my town here, Malmesbury, we'd have a patch of bush that the government said that that's your hunting area we'd okay. have our own little hunting club and that's where we hunt okay no fences nothing like that just yep. an area um, and then there are areas that the bulgarian hunting association owned and i think that's a government organization and this is one of them so it's on this reservoir so one sort of one side and one section of the reservoir is this. Um, hunting reserve so you need a license to go there and hunt okay um yeah you need a permit all that which is all taken care of with the yeah good. by the guide service so anyway we drive in driving in along this reservoir and um you could see a few fellow deer of, you know a few does and things like that so you get a little bit excited about that <laughs> nothing that you wouldn't see over here in australia when i got to the the lodge it was about 11 o'clock at night and ben was up waiting for me and he said, "Oh, yeah, I could hear a few um, croaking before and things like that. Went, oh, yeah, that's all. That's all good. You know, if you hear some croaking, that's that's always a good sign." We went inside and he showed me this cast antler, and this thing was massive. <laughs> <laughs> it was the longest, <laughs> longest, 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 thing I've ever seen. It was just a casty. He, oh, he goes, "This is what we're after." Went, oh, god, that's awesome. So, you know, we probably didn't get much sleep that night. No. The um, Next morning we're up and we weren't to leave until 7.30. So they have a director in the lodge and he he basically runs the place. And so he tells you when you go out to hunt, you just don't go by yourself. So he said, we're hunting at 7 or you're leaving at 7.30. And like the sun was getting up about 7, I guess. Okay. So it's a bit later than what we normally would. So breakfast was at 7. We were leaving at 7.30. So (laughs) it was daylight when we left.
1: Gentlemen's club.
0: It was it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, cooked breakfast and yeah. so if yeah, we leave and we we went totally opposite directions. Ben and I, I I went sort of north. We're just driving along the edge of the reservoir and there's a few does here and there. And I saw a buck run up into the scrub and I went to tap my driver on the shoulder, who the guide who didn't speak any English, and I the buck had sort of gone, so I didn't bother him. You know, so drive along the reservoir. Then we turn to go up the hill and we're starting to go up this mountain. And we both saw another buck about halfway up and I looked at him, oh, that's a good buck. And he just looked at me and goes, too small. <laughs> oh. Like, oh, right. Eh? And we keep driving up the hill and then we just come out onto this bare sort of area. And he parks the car, and we get out, and I could hear grunting everywhere. Oh. Probably four, four or five bucks
2: oh. down in
0: this gully, in this you know thick timber. You couldn't see them, but you could hear them. Oh, this is awesome. Now, we didn't even go down there. We walked over to another area and poked our head off this ridge onto another ridge, which was just a bare ridge. And if there wasn't 20 bucks there great, oh, grunting and, and rutting out in the open, I'd go here. And I just looked. I just could not believe it.
1: Like, I'm done right there. I'm done. I'm um, gonna shoot one. I'm, I'm done.
0: <laughs> it was just unbelievable. And I'm not talking about you know scrunty things. Like monsters. these were any any buck that I saw that morning, you'd shoot here in Australia in a heartbeat. Oh. like it was unbelievable. So you know, I had a couple of stalks, and I stalked in on one to about twenty five yards. and the guide said, no, it's too small. Oh. <laughs> so anyway, we had a few stalks that morning and couldn't yep. get quite close enough to anything that I wanted to shoot. Uh, and it was only the first morning, so I wasn't really going to shoot anything yeah, unless it's yeah, sure. a bomber. And I can remember we drove back at lunchtime and Ben got there about the same time as us and the look on his face was exactly the same look on mine. It was like, <laughs> what the hell did we just experience? <laughs>
1: Just off its charts, off It was ridiculous. unbelievable. his
0: was exactly the same as as what yeah you know what I just saw. So that's incredible. Uh, oh, it was yeah, it was fantastic. So the um, week obviously
1: consisted of you know very similar. How yeah, oh sorry, how many days we had? Six days. Six days, and it was very yep. cons- very consistent. You know, did the yep. rut carry on through, or oh, did it go yep. up and down, or <laughs> it just? I didn't think it could get better, but
0: it got better. Oh, jeez! Like it just seemed like Ben said, you know, the last last couple of days. ago, "I think they're getting even crazier." You know, it was just phenomenal. But did that
1: did that make it harder? Because I know, like you know, with elk and all that kind of stuff, the more they get into that rut, they start running around. Like actually, can get a bit harder. Did yes. you find that was the case? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And to get the ones that you wanted. Yeah. Like there was so many bucks, and the first few days. You know, we just passed up on stupid animals that, you know, I would never even think twice of here. Yeah, yeah. Um, But we'd seen the – it was this cast antler we saw the first night. That was the thing that threw us. Yeah, I bet. Um, So, yeah, we passed up a lot early on um, looking for for bigger ones. And then the second night was when Ben, he shot his. And let me tell you, like, remember when Ben shot his elk in – New Mexico last year, and we yeah. were on the podcast, and we were saying, you know, the photos didn't do it justice. We yep. couldn't take photos to, you know, to show people how big and how big and impressive it was. Yep. Ben's fellow deer was like that. Exactly the same. Yeah. It's just a monster.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's it will be, or it will probably be um, the world record bow shot fellow deer.
1: That's off said.
0: Like they were saying, it's the fourth biggest fellow deer ever shot in Bulgaria wow. with any weapon.
1: Wow. Uh, it's just massive. And did you, like obviously, did you see anything else on foot of that caliber or bigger? Like did you get to witness Not bigger. that? But that, was the the biggest, that, was the,
0: that was the first um, fellow buck that Ben saw <laughs> and he's got a photo of it.
1: It doesn't surprise me.
0: <laughs> and he shot it two days later. Or uh, a day later, the next day, or that evening. Yeah, shot it. Um, I saw a couple that were getting around that. So we're yep. thinking this is anywhere 3.15, 3.30-ish. Yep. Maybe. I'm not good-at-scoring fellow. Well, yeah, well, but, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's that sort of thing. And I probably saw a couple that were the 2.80, 90, you know, pushing up upwards of that. Fucking me. Um, I had one at, like, 20 yards and it just unfortunately, yeah. It just looked my direction when I was just moving it a little bit. And oh, it, yeah. don't hate that. Oh, look, at, mate, it was. I was just walking along, and I looked up, and I saw this thing bedded about a hundred yards away, and it had a rock about fifteen yards from it—a big rock that was probably, you know, a meter high. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, all my Christmases have come at once. Oh. I stalked up there, and I was five yards off this rock, and it, it, I was on the ridge, so I was skyline, but I couldn't yeah. get anywhere. Else. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It was behind the, re- behind the rock, but I'd sort of, I think I just went, a, took a step probably to the left a little bit too much as I was coming in and its head was there. I didn't see it just as it turned around, just a yawn. <laughs> it saw me and, yeah, that was it. Oh. It was gone. But interestingly enough, that was in the morning. That night I saw it come out of the same patch of bush, exactly where it went in. Okay. And it just croaked about five times and about 20 does just ran to
1: it. <laughs> oh, It was the big boss. It was Big Daddy. It was the big boss. Yeah. I mean, how did you like? You know, I know you wouldn't change anything because that's just who you are. But you know, looking back at those first couple of days when you got in close and the guide, like you just do what your guide tells you to do. But you know, do having that time again, would you have said, "No, I want to take that shot"? Or you know, there was probably one buck on the second morning um, that I. I got to
0: within about 40 yards and I was looking at it and I thought, oh, you're a beautiful buck. Mm. Um, you know, he was long, he had good palms, he curled in, um, good width, everything. And I thought, no, I just don't think you're big enough oh. compared to what I've seen. Yeah. And so I was, I was sitting there watching him for, I don't know, 15 minutes. So I've got video on my phone and everything of him. And he's probably one I should have shot.
2: Yeah.
0: And, and in hindsight, I should have shot him and then... Still hunted because I could have hunted again, I yeah. Kept gotcha. hunting, yeah, and, and and looked for something bigger,
2: yeah.
0: But at the time, I didn't know. And look, as Ben and I said when we were over there, like we just got confused with yeah. the size of them, yeah, because they're just all all big, you know, they're all big. And <laughs> you know, you, you got picky, like we were getting picky, you know, oh, he's got really good part, he's got really wide parts, that but he's not quite long, yeah, you know? or not like then. You can't he just, help yeah. yourself, it oh, just but, happens, uh, yeah. It, it was crazy, and like, I think. With elk and red deer, like you know, a big one. Yeah, right. With fellows it's a bit different because yeah, you know they, they can really. Well, yeah, they can have really wide palms, long fingers, big guards. Not you know, not wide or you know, they there's a there's a bit more a bit harder to pick, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's what I what we both sort of found. Um, he did because after he shot that big one, he couldn't find
1: anything big enough to shoot. <laughs> He's got to <laughs> stop doing
0: that. He's just don't oh, oh, it was yeah. unbelievable. So I'm sure he'll tell the story, and I don't know whether he
1: wants me to tell the whole story, but yeah, uh, we'll get him on. We'll get him on again. He's due again.
0: Yeah, uh, but he, like, the day, this, the first day we were there, um, the interpreter said that there was an American bow hunter coming the next day.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and we were sort of you know, wondering who it was, and we thought, oh, it have to be someone that's on TV, because no one, there's not many people hunting in Bulgaria, like yeah. it's it's sort of an unknown thing. They've only been allowed a bow hunt there for the last five or six years. Yeah, so it is very new. Yeah, so we were guessing, you know, it'll be someone that's got a TV show or something. He goes, oh, geez, I hope it's Tom. Because Tom Miranda's a bit of a, uh, yeah, um, you know, not a hero, but, you know, an Ben, yeah, ben, ben sort of looked up to him and seen, you know, a couple of his DVDs sort of put Ben on the path of, you know, yeah, uh, sure. wanting to hunt different species and um, and like his bighorn sheep and things like that. So, yeah. um. So the night he shot it, Tom turned up, didn't he?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Ben's got a photo. and it's, He probably won't say it, but I'll say for him. He's got this photo of um, himself and the deer, and Tom's like, kneeling beside him, and Tom's sort of looking up at Ben, because Ben's a big fella, and he's looking up at him, and it's like Tom's looking at him with awe on his face. Like, <laughs> Ben shot this big thing. It's the best photo ever.
1: Oh, that's unreal. Um,
0: yeah, that's unreal. Uh, so you know that made the trip too. Like, oh, you know, to meet him and that, have him
1: camp—that's just crazy.
0: And look, he was—I tell everyone—he was fantastic. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, couldn't have met a nicer fella. You—you um, know, you, you meet some celebrities that you know—they're a bit up themselves and stuff. He was not like that at all. He awesome. couldn't do enough for us. You know, I asked him. I, uh, we did an interview for the magazine, so that'll. Hopefully, come out in the next edition. Awesome. You know, he's offered us stories for the for the the magazine. Um, I've got a sort of little thing that I'm starting up with, the, or you know, doing a little bit more stuff with the coaching sort of thing. And he was yep. giving me advice on that. Beautiful. Um, you know, Ben and him talk for hours about you know different species that Ben wants to hunt and that Tom had already hunted and things. So yeah. he was just yeah, he was a wealth of knowledge and you know just well, I like, couldn't do enough for us. That's so. unreal. That's really good to hear. Yeah. And I don't think it was because we're the only three that could speak English.
1: <laughs> no, nah, nothing to do with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Like, no, he had um, like he had a couple of books and DVDs and all that that he gave to us. And, and yeah. but I always tell people, like, the thing that um, he asked for our email addresses. That's a big thing. So it's not often that, you know, you get, like, you know, that if he's just bullshitting, he's not going to do that. And yeah. we've both spoken to him. Uh, via email or or messenger and stuff since that's, then. So that's
1: great. You know. That's really good. Mm. So you, and you you ended up taking a buck. You you ended up you ended up smacking a buck. Yeah,
0: I, I shot one of the unluckiest bucks going around. He <laughs> um, <laughs> he he, he, uh, he died more out of my frustration than anything, I think. Yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, that. Uh, oh, look, I had you know I had uh, I don't know how many stalks on different things, and uh, so on the second last morning. Um, I'd, I'd been battling a couple of a deer on, on this big open ridge and anyway um, came down off into the scrub and I heard two bucks fighting and I sort of ran down towards them and they sort of they, were, they sort of, there's a line of trees and they were fighting away from me and I couldn't sort of catch up to them and all of a sudden then they stopped and I could hear one had started to walk back because I heard it rake a tree closer mm-hmm. so I just stood there and I was about eight yards away and as it came past the bush, I was at full draw and it just copped it. So It, it had um, – I shot it on its right side. It had a good right palm, but its left palm – half of its left palm had been broken off. <laughs> so not not the top half, the back half. Yeah, right. Uh, which I didn't see. I yeah. mean, it didn't matter what good Whatever. You know, shot no. It, it Whatever. Yeah, it was, good, it was still a good deer and things. Definitely. Um, but it was – yeah, it had lost that half of its palm and it was blind in that eye. Mm-hmm. It had been stabbed in the eye. <laughs> so
1: um, so yeah the poor fellow died out
0: of my frustration yeah
1: Um, and what was it what was the weather in that like was it cold or was it
0: no it's about 19 20 degrees
1: okay yeah the first four
0: days there was hardly a cloud in the sky it was just beautiful beautiful
1: it looked Um, awesome like the photos and that coming through were just yeah it was unreal like it was really good to follow along like where you could yeah
0: and that's the thing like being on it on that reservoir like in the sun like we're up high so you know you, so, you if you fail to stalk on a deer or something like that you just stand up and you just look down at your view and you think oh god it's not a bad day today <laughs> that <was all> right. <laughs> you know? so it's pretty hard to take i mean, I mean
1: yeah bow hunting in bulgaria yeah that's a terrible thing to take
0: oh look it was yeah and I, like as i said i didn't know anything much about bulgaria at all I yeah. just tried to do a little bit of research on the net but not much but it's really rocky um like really rock country. Yeah, really rocky place and stuff, but beautiful. Like They've got some really big mountains. And, yeah. And it gets cold there. Like, it gets down to minus
1: um, 20. Oh, yeah. that's no, and, a... and
0: winter and stuff.
1: And you find yeah, out, there's yeah. a much, I mean, Ben's obviously spoken about, but did you see much other game species or anything, or it was sort of in and out?
0: Yeah, not on that area because that's just fallow deer. Okay. So, sorry, I saw a few uh, little hogs, yep. little pigs. Um, the guide saw four wolves okay. one morning. Um, the interpreter shot a, a jackal yeah, right. one night, just just near the lodge. Um, I saw a couple of red deer, just hinds and, and a okay. spike. Yeah. Um, so there's a few reds and stuff there, but this is mainly a fallow area. And, okay. um They come there to rut. All the bucks come in to rut. They're there for two weeks and then they disappear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Just a bit like home. Yeah. This, uh, it was just yeah.
1: Stupid it, question. It was, stupid question. So, Asked you going back. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're
0: booked in to go back next year, same time. Good one,
1: yeah.
0: So i got a couple of other fellas that are really interested. I, I emailed the guide service uh, the other day. I haven't heard back from them yet, of whether we're trying to get two weeks together. Yeah, right now. So um, we, we figure that there's sort of four main hunting areas, so four bow hunters could conceivably hunt there together.
1: Yeah,
0: gotcha. Um, so we're trying to, if we can get two weeks together so there's already four of us booked in for next year mm-hmm. and there's a, there's another four blokes that want to go trying to get another week and if that happens then I'll hunt with one lot of three and Ben will hunt with the other lot got you because yeah it's yeah, one work. of those things because it's a so tight you know, foreign country foreign language and things it's probably easier like if you wanted to come over you could do it yourself but it's probably easier if you come over when I'm there or Ben's so there we've better. done it before so much better, better just, with a crew anyway yeah yeah. yeah. So. By all means. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll go over again and, and do it all be, all again. And it's, yeah. yeah. Can't sure. wait for it. Actually. It's, it's,
1: that's it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, so. So coming off a. Uh, coming off bugling elk. <clears throat> to grunting fallow I can't the say, elk. That's, that's a crazy. That's a crazy few weeks. But. I mean, I know, I know the elk hunt. You know, did didn't sort of play out to you how you wanted it exactly, but. Um, nemesis. <laughs> they do, they've got you. But, it's
0: about it's about my tenth trip. Yeah. It's the ninth or tenth trip. And I, like I've shot you know, I've shot up before, but I've oh, just I, I haven't mean, shot a six point bull. I'm taking and... I'm
1: taking it next year. We'll sort something out. I can't shoot them either, but I can get other people shooting them
0: first. <laughs> it's just it's just amazing, like, you know. Um and like to this this trip, like I had one at, at twenty yards like broadside twenty yards and I shot and I don't know what happened. Like yeah. you know, I've put the and, uh, photos up on Instagram and stuff and that's bowling, isn't it? It felt awesome that shot and I was convinced I'd smoked it. Yeah, I got texted and then yeah three days it. later we found <laughs> <were laughs> <on.
1: laughs> it. Still bugling.
0: Yeah. Oh, it was rutting away. It was having a great old time. Yeah. So how did you feel like... thing... sorry go, go ahead. No, you go I was just thinking the only thing we can think of is that I've I've hit a branch. that was it was yeah. just sort of behind this pine tree, and I was trying to sneak it in behind that. We just think that I must have hit a branch that yeah. uh, that I didn't see. Ben was with me; he was right behind me, and he thought I'd you know, smoked yeah. it too. And, yeah. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, that's look. Ben and I, like, we hunted together in Montana, and we had some days there where we were just chasing around these bugling bulls and having an absolute awesome time. It's pretty hard, to play, uh, isn't it? We were running around the bush one morning like chasing these three big, you know, really big bulls and I turned to him at one stage and I just said, this is awesome and he was just <laughs> as excited as me and he didn't even have his bow. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, It was great.
1: How did you uh, find, because I mean this is, you know, and and for everyone I have finally got me asking in gear and got uh, my little side venture happening with the, the tag application stuff. Um, so anyone that's interested in what we're just about to talk about, but how did you find, um, you know, you've hunted a lot of public land, you've done the hard stuff, you stepped up yep. sort of last year, you got into a more of a, you know, more of a, uh, a better quality unit, so to speak, as far as, you know, hunter numbers and, and, and quality to go into sort of a more private land deal. Would you change that order knowing what you know or what you've experienced, not knowing what you know, but what you've experienced or would you keep it the same?
0: Uh, if I had the chance, I would, yeah, it's hard to say, like, because I've had that experience of public land for most of it, like probably, you know, eight of the 10 times was on public land and, uh, we hunted with some mates over there that could put us into areas and things, but we didn't didn't see anywhere near the amount of elk or the the rutting activity there because it's just so, there's so many people around that elk could just get, you know, like pinballs Mm. just going from one area to another sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah, um, I think I mentioned it last time. One year I went over there and we didn't see elk. Like I saw, I shot a cow on the second last night. Mm. And there were four cows, and they were the only one, only elk I saw in the whole two weeks. Yeah. Um, other years we had, you know, better success and stuff, but um, it's really hard. Whereas, if you get a, uh, if you're able to draw a tag on a good area like we did in New Mexico last year, yeah, um, the hunting pressure is less. Mm-hmm. There's better quality bulls there, and they're managed better. Yeah. So we saw we had more interaction. I had more interaction with big bulls last year than I ever had before. Mm-hmm. Then going on to private land this year, even more again. Yeah. Like we just we had the right time of year. They were they were running really running, and wherever we went, there were elk. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I can speak of that place because obviously I've been there twice as well. It's where all mine started. Um, you probably appreciate it. Probably more than I did to start with, because you've done the hard stuff where I just walked straight into that. Yeah, uh, and that's yeah, and got bit hard by the bug. But um, yep. yeah, I, I yeah, I think probably doing it the way you're doing it, you definitely appreciated probably this hunt more than the other. If I could speak for yourself,
0: yeah, and that's that's what I sort of meant. Like I couldn't, you know, you so which way would I do it round? You know, if I had my time over again, would I do public land first or private land? Well, the public land made the private land so much more yeah so much better for me yeah um but then you know it took me a long time you know to work that out and yeah. it, it depends on you know it, it depends on money it depends on what contacts Huge. you've got over there yeah. you know like hunting public land's not easy if you don't have contacts over there yeah um yeah. if you've got contacts it makes it so much easier yeah. yeah not only for you know where to go but you know they can help with you know, the fellas that we used to hunt with in Oregon, you know, have a tent set up for us and stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, they'd have more food there and cooking gear and all that sort of stuff. Um, plus they could take the meat, which is a big yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm gonna you have to get rid of your meat.
1: I'm gonna do a whole podcast on this within the next couple of months. But, you know, I think the biggest thing is you mentioned it, it's a bit like gear. It comes back to money and it comes back to probably how often you wanna do it. If you just wanna yeah. go and shoot a elk, I'd probably do it the way you just done it. If money's not really, you know, if you're just going to pay it once, go and shoot a your, your bull elk and say you've done it. I'd, I'd go and do a lot of that. It's getting harder and harder over there, as you've known. Um, it's yeah. getting so popular. It's starting to apply over there and acute, you know, get points in certain states where you can, no matter what the species is, is the way it's going. Um, yep. This will confuse everybody, but um, pretty much the way it is. It, it is a lotto system over there and you need to start now if you're young and you're looking to get over there you you need to start doing it now otherwise the only way you are going to do it is way you've just done it and it's gone just by your way in but you've got an experience doing it like that too um and you get you do get a lot in return too you get experience around the elk which will help you down the track if you go and decide to do the public land thing but if you draw decent tags you can have that experience and, and still be able to hunt it yourself in a, in a good draw unit too. So there's right. so many different avenues we can take. It's all about that, sort of what you want to do.
0: Yeah, and that's why I think what you're doing is really good for anyone over here because it is so confusing over there. Hmm. Um, so one, you're going to be able to give people, you know, advice. Like it's it really takes a lot of research and you, you need to have done it for a few years before you can actually get your head around all the different yeah. states and how yeah. it all works. Yeah. The other thing that's really good is like, you know, with your information sheet, like if you, if you have goals and, and what you want to do and what you want to achieve, then you can plan for that mm-hmm. because it's not always just going to be next year. You know, you might sure. be planning for three years time yep. so you can build up your points and, yep. you know, you can help people with them building up their points and things like that. Yeah. They can then, they can start saving their money for three years time so yep. it's,
1: you know. Um, Which is actually better for, for what I've started so my, my whole thing is just that I'm going to get people started applying in the States to chase elk, mule deer, you know, they're obviously the two main ones. Um, and obviously there's other species that we can do as well. Um, but the idea is to get you in it and get you in the running for, for a few years time. The person that wants to go next year is going to be a lot harder um, yep. to probably try and get you in without paying money because you're going to pretty much have to go to a guaranteed tag. So you either buy your tag or you buy, and you go to an outfitter and, you do it that way. Um, so mm-hmm. the person that wants to go two or three years time is you're exactly who I want to talk to, and and moving forward from there, um, and, and so much more involved with it. And I want to yeah. try. I want to stay very transparent. The, I've had a few responses in the way of, you know, what what can I do? What there's obviously already American-based companies that do it. Um, I'm very quick to say that they they are paid by the outfitters. I am not. I don't have an outfitter that will pay me. I, I'll put you with an outfitter that I know that I've been with personally, or I'll help you find one that I'll go with if I draw the same tag, I'm gonna use that person as well. I don't get any kind of kickback or anything and I want that to be transparent. That's why I'm doing it this way. Um, because I've seen repercussions of that, you know, the, the person that got the tag for you puts with an outfitter because that's who you paid the most money to. Um, yep. And it wasn't the best hunt or best outfitter for that tag.
0: Yeah. And look, it's, you know, to be honest, it's getting a lot harder over in the States now. Like even Montana, you can't draw automatically. No, that's
1: not guaranteed. It um, has been forever. Yeah. Um,
0: you know, I know when I, the first time I hunted Montana was probably about six years ago and it wasn't guaranteed then. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably uh, about an 80% chance of drawing. Yep. Okay. And then they put the, the tags, the tags went up and it went back to 100% mm-hmm. and now it's back down to sort of 80%. So, you know, you need to get a point a point in Montana of all places. You know? So yeah. um, because it's getting more and more popular, you need to sort of really plan what you're going to do and, and you know, you need to have someone that, that can help you out. And I think, to be honest, having someone in Australia who's been over there and hunted, is going to be better for people than them contacting someone in the states who doesn't understand
1: what we want and how we want to hunt How things. we want to hunt it—that's the biggest thing. Is how we want to hunt it, because yeah. we can. I'll be honest—we can hunt. Um, you know, that, there's no doubt about the way we're brought up here and the way we hunt things. Um, yeah, you, you'll do really well over there, You just be in the right area to do it. That's that's the biggest yeah. thing. Um, and now the other thing
0: with other with people over there, and I find this with the guides and stuff like. They're happy to take your money. They, I don't know whether they put a, as much of value on our money as what we do. Like no. it's expensive, Definitely you not. know. So if you're spending ten thousand dollars to go over there on a guided hunt, it's ten thousand dollars to them. It's not because it's not that much in US money, yeah. but also yeah. they just they don't realise how much how hard it is for us to work to get that money and then travel. You know, it might be. 10, flights, for the hunt. Then you've else. got the flights and, you know, so you're up to $15,000, Where you can be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't see that and they don't put that value on it that we do. Yeah. And I think, you know, you know that you've been, you've done that. So um, I think that's probably a big tick for you doing this rather than, you know, people going through you rather than going through, um, you know, Cabell's Tags or, or yeah. someone like that. And
1: the biggest or, thing is if you want to hunt every year, there's a hunt for you. That most definitely, we could have you hunting mule deer or, or elk or antelope or whatever you want. You could go over there and hunt every year, not a problem. Um, you know, and even in some of the bigger states where potentially you could go and hunt deer in Arizona and at the same time go and skeleton out, uh, a scout an elk unit that you could hunt in five years' time, get to know an area, drive around, that's do a holiday yep. with the family, whatever it may be. Um, you know, Arizona, that's where all these big bull photos and that we see in half-desert country, there's pretty much Nevada, Utah, or or Arizona. New Mexico is a few of them. They're nearly, a lot of them are nearly once-in-a-lifetime tags. You know, Arizona, you can't buy your way into Arizona unless you've got 200 grand for the governor's tag. That's right. So, you know, Arizona is one of those ones. If we start now, if we're, you know, 20, 25, 30 even, 10 or 15 years' time, there's potential that you might draw that tag. Um, Maybe. It's getting harder. So that's why we yeah. need to start now if we you know, want to experience
0: yeah. that, that state. That's right. And that's what I say. Like you need to make a plan and having this, like even just um, looking at your license application, you know, sitting down, writing it out and just planning and sending that off. Like, you know, that's, you're not committing to anything. At least you're just making a plan no, and you, you can you can start working towards that, you know. Yep. Um, I definitely. know Pat Tidings, he was putting Harrison in for points, you know. Yep. since he was a little fella, yep. you know, just for that reason because, yeah, you, you need – the sooner you can get in and the sooner you can start getting points and accumulating yep. points, the better.
1: Definitely. I mean, and there's there's lucky – luck, luck. so New Mexico, I've drawn in New Mexico, boys through last year in New Mexico. Um, that's completely random. Yep. We're all on the same cards. It, you know, yeah. just you know, a name in the hat, and I love that state. I suggest that, you know, anybody that talks to me, I'll have you in New Mexico. Um, if you draw next year, guess what? You go to New Mexico hunting elk. Um, yeah. do everything you can to get there because yeah, that's that's what I love about that state, and there's a couple of others that are very similar as, you know, do the do the same thing. But then you've got other states where Colorado, for instance, they've either got over the counter with the ten thousand other people that are over the counter. Yeah. Um, and or you've got units that you it, it runs on a basis if you don't have the amount of points to draw that unit you don't draw it. Simple as that. Yeah. You just don't get there. I suggest anybody going over the hunt you know, if they're thinking of going over the counter unless you know someone, you can get damn lucky. I'm not saying you're not gonna go and shoot a nice ball around the corner, but it's tough. Real tough. Oh, it is like you know, I've hunted well, Oregon you've done, uh, yeah you've done Oregon.
0: Yeah. Four or five years done Montana. Uh, and like, yeah, we've seen bulls and stuff, but yeah it's it's the difference is, like, I went to you know public land or more or less public land hunting in Bulgaria, mm-hmm. saw hundreds of deer, you know stalks every day. You go over elk hunting, you might be lucky, you know one two days you see elk, you know whether you're going to even get a chance at, at stalking in on them. So, if you can get these better quality units or um, you know or you know private land or you know guided outfits or anything like that, you're going to increase your odds. Exponentially, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, and we know um, we know how hard the like, you know, I'll be talking to yourself, we'll be using other guys that I know as well. You know, getting an idea of you know, we've got a potential person to hunt you want to do, you know, we'll, we'll research it for you. And you know, hmm. if I don't already know it, um, we just want your money to go to the best place that we can possibly. You know, I want you guys coming back, just telling this story of you know, like a, a fellow story of yours or the elk story about chasing big bulls all day. Can't, can't help you to shoot it, but I can yep. hopefully get you in an area that they are there, and, and yep. what you do with that is totally up to you. Yeah, that's right. And I, yeah, I think it's a great idea. So you're going to try and fit in elk hunt next year again too?
0: Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't got as much money as people probably think I've got. I've just had two, like last year I had was able to go on that elk hunt because I sold, a, sold my house and got more for it than what I planned. And um, this year, well, my auntie and my grandmother both passed away and there was a little bit of money left. And I told my wife that my um, my grandmother, her dying wish was for me to go and shoot a bighorn sheep. <laughs>
1: that got brain <laughs> she right in. She, she
0: didn't believe that. Or she almost did, but she, she wised, wised up to that. And, uh, yeah, so I just snuck her and our uh, fellow tripping instead. Oh, jeez. It might
1: have not been added up to that anyway. It's <laughs> like, so, well, yeah. yeah. No, actually, Bulgaria is really cheap. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Anyone looking yeah. for an affordable hunt, don't go to Bulgaria. Yeah. There's nothing there to shoot. Yeah, no, you know, no it's, it's full. It. Yeah. <laughs> Bulgaria is full. It's full it is literally. Of years.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, no, 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 I mean, oh mate, I oh, feel your pain. But yeah, the the couple of years, the couple of trips in one year hurts. But yeah, that's what we love about. It. Can't wait for next well, year. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm lucky
0: I've got a I've got a good wife that lets me do all these things and actually encourages me, you know, yeah, she so. says, you
1: are know, only alive
0: for a short amount of time, you might as well get out and enjoy it and you yeah. know, I'll work hard for the
1: rest of the year and I'm super try. excited. I'm ninety nine percent booked in Moose next year. Nice. So we are... same outfitter and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, thanks to the boys yeah. over there we've um Joe, I know you listen to this, he's hunting Arizona with shit bag right now, but no, he's, he's put us in, uh, yeah. he's taken us in and yeah, if with any luck, Jerry and Brad will be with us as well and put it this way, I won't be the first up, so <laughs> it'll uh, it's
0: going to be uh, good, so. That'll be awesome. You'll need to good. learn how to use a camera, mate.
1: Yeah, I actually said that to Jerry the other night, so. Yeah. I can't What's your wait. draw length? 28. That's about the same as Jerry. Yeah, we'll be right, but he shoots on the wrong side of the bow. Yeah, you just don't pretend you're left-handed. <laughs> yeah, I can't hit anything on the other side, mate. I'm not go left. Maybe I might hit something left-handed.
0: Maybe. I don't know. Well, that's what Smithy and I used to do. Um, we just carry one bow, one to carry the camera, and one to carry the bow, because <laughs> we could both shoot my bow. So. Yeah. Um,
1: no, it should yeah. be good. We're just we're just organising logistics at the moment, actually, because it's all super cub stuff. So. We just um, got to finalise that, make sure it's available, and a couple other little things to finalise, and uh, we'll lock that in, and then all my tag applications will work around that. So depending on what state has what seasons and how many points I got there. So
0: yeah, that's awesome, mate. uh, That's adventure hunting, that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, it's out there. So Mm. it. um, Oh yeah, once you get to Alaska, it's a bit like your Bulgaria stuff, and even just elk. It's you get a taste for it. You're like, oh. I'll get yeah. back obviously I've got a I've got a score to settle over there too but um, yeah. I've got to get that tag again so I'll see yeah. how I go there but anyway it'll be another it'll I'll be another it, adventure it, no doubt it'll happen mate oh definitely so you mentioned you got stuff going on with the coaching seminars what have you got in the plan can you give us our lucky listeners can you give us an insight of, of what you got going on
0: yeah I've got a few things planned up for next year and stuff so um
1: you know, starting up on a, this is gonna have
0: a, a bit of a website happening as well. With yep. um, we'll have some information for people. Um,
1: Tutorials um,
0: uh, on looking at a YouTube. Well, we will have a YouTube. I will have a YouTube channel with some um, a lot of tutes and information and stuff on there.
2: Yep.
0: In um, a rollout, of, yeah, we've got a few more seminars and stuff booked next year. There'll be you know we'll do one in Melbourne. Um, it's just down at. With Marcus at Urban Archery, we're probably going to do one down there. Awesome. Uh, he's got a really good facility down there where we shoot indoor and things. And um, being at a shop, people are going to be able to try a lot more stuff down yep. there too. So yep. uh, that'll happen. We'll probably we will definitely do a couple more in Sydney. Um, Gonna do one up at Willow Tree some stage as well. Might have to visit that one. Yeah, come on down. Fuck um, yeah! Yeah, so we've got the normal seminars. We'll be running out. Um, throughout the year. Uh, And then in February, I hope I'm not putting Tony in this, but uh, we're going to have a – Tony from Tusk is going to have a sort of product launch. Nice. Afternoon party, barbecue sort of thing. So uh, I'll be doing a bit of uh, a brief seminar there. We've got the – Aidan and James Dootmas have got some of their – buff films and a couple of other films that they're gonna play as well and just have a big sort of bow hunter get together nice thing at um, at a place in um in Kensington. Um what else did we have planned? I don't know. Got we're, something else maybe we've got, we got we're in the
1: works but I'd, I'd love to let people know right now but okay. we've got we're just waiting for some commitment from a couple of guys yeah. and we've got something big coming next year, so yeah, always, so that'll be really, really good. It's going to be a good one. So I will, as yeah. soon as I have everything locked in, well, Brad and I are working on this one, but as soon as we've got it locked in, I can let you know it will involve Brad and it will involve the podcast and it will involve a couple of other things as well. So that's all mm. I'm giving you this now. <laughs> now. That should be exciting. And then um,
0: I'm speaking with someone else who I probably can't mention either, but we might be doing a week-long cool. uh, Seminar with hunting involved. Nice. So um, yeah, I, as soon as hopefully sort of um, we can get back on later in the in the year or early next year when that when we book in some dates and stuff for Definitely. that and, uh, and and probably the one that we're talking about you and I are talking about yeah. as well.
1: Yeah. We'll um, so yeah, I've got a
0: fair bit on. I, I was saying to Nick, my wife, I don't know how I'm going to fit it all in yeah, <laughs> with
1: well. the hunting as well. So somewhere I've got to hunt, I've, yeah, same thing, mate, I've, I did, as I mentioned, I, I can the idea of going over to the, to the show season over States, just, yeah, logistically, couldn't make that work, with work, yeah. and family, yeah. um, but, yeah, probably, all honestly, you are probably already picking that. I'm probably going to have a pretty light rut, um, I think New Zealand's, it's got a calling, I've got a couple of special guests coming over from the States, to, to do a bit of hunting out there next year, and, which will also involve podcasting, so that might be a little bit of a hint. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's a there's a bit going on, and then obviously we're all September again. we will be here before we know it. Yeah, so, yeah. That's the thing. It's
0: just, it just just goes so quick. So, yeah. but for anyone, um, so yeah,
1: go so, for it. No, you're
0: all right. Oh yeah. So I was just gonna say, like, uh, with all the seminars and, and everything else I do, like I do, I do it all because I just like helping people. Yeah. Um, so. And I get you know, quite a few messages through Facebook or Instagram, people are asking questions and things. And I love answering them and stuff. So, you know, if anyone's got questions about anything archery related than that, you know, bow hunting, anything like that, just hit me up. I, you know, I don't mind answering questions. It's, it's pretty good, it's good fun. You love it. Um, yeah, look, it's good. And I look, you know, as I've said before, there was people that helped me out when I first started, and it made me a better archer and a better hunter and things and I just yep. sort of
1: you know want to pass on the same to everyone yeah, else so, definitely. Um, and so yeah nice. hopefully
0: hopefully everything will go really well with you and,
1: yeah. it's amazing you know with all the info out there I love I love the message that we're getting um, you know there was there was one that we were all tagging today on Instagram um, you know just one of the boys that you know shot his first year today and he, he sort of reached out just to thank everyone and you know when you get messages like that you know, yeah. it it does cool. drive you, um, yep. you know, to keep getting decent content and a bit like yourself, you know, sharing your knowledge and in um, all the same. If anybody is interested in, you know, getting out of the states in you know, honey, please hit me up. I'll send you an application form through. It's very very basic. It's just your personal details and um, a few other details there that I just need to to get you started. It will be a one on one consultation. Um, I'm not just grabbing your details and shooting everything off. I'll be calling you. Uh, That'll all happen in sort of later this year. So the guys that I've already sent the application to, um, once you get it back to me, yeah, sort of December application season, unless we're talking Alaska, pretty much everything else starts January. So Wyoming Mm is first up in January. So um, it's a great state to start in actually. So
0: Yeah. And I think, as I said, with the application form, like if you just even look at it, like even just printing it off and having a look at it and ticking the boxes that you think you might be looking at, it just yep. helps get yep. you in that planning mode. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a great idea.
1: Yeah, and it just, so. it's a little bit more visual. It's a very, it's a basic form. It really is. So just shoot me an email address. I'll shoot it through. Get it back to me. And um, from there, we'll, everybody's going to be different. They're going to have different ideas of what they want to do. So, um, you know, it can be just a one or two year plan or it can be a five to ten year plan or you can be like my and Brad that seems to turn up there every year. So, <laughs> um, which that's what I'm planning on I'm hoping to get everyone over there and we'll just steal all the Americans tags they'll love us for it you know um,
0: just on the on the hunting over in the States and stuff when I was talking to Tom Miranda he shot the North American Super Slam that's great so 29 North American big all on game levels, all on video all on too. video yep and I asked him how much it cost and um, he had 50 Six trips to shoot mm. his 29 animals because so a couple of them, like I think, went times. four times for his desert bighorn yeah. <laughs> like the most expensive sheep. It cost him sixty thousand dollars to do that. Are you serious? To, shoot, to yep,
1: with his like
0: tags, flights, um, you
1: know, meals, accommodate all Just the sheep, or do the whole slam. No, thing. no, that's the whole lot.
0: Sixty that's grand, the whole 29,
1: 600,000. Oh, 600, I was going to say, yeah
0: yeah because yeah, because like the desert bighorn of like 40 or 50 grand
1: when he did it well, and then yeah, uh,
0: and it,
1: and he went four times yeah unless you go down to uh, Mexico now where I think they're running at about 60 grand yeah you know, <laughs> only yeah I think the Rocky Mountain bighorn last year sold for, in Montana sold for 480 grand I think the yep. auction tag so it gives you an idea of what sheep hunting's all about that's um, a lot just, of money there's not yeah. enough of them. Um, I mean, it's all conservation dollars. Don't get me wrong, but that's a lot of freaking money to shoot a sheep. Yeah, yeah. I so won't, I probably won't ever shoot a stone sheep. Put it that way. Well, I won't um, go to. I won't go to slam. I won't shoot a
0: sheep. <laughs> um. Oh, good. Yeah. So if if you shot just the if you went just for the grand slam of sheep, it's a it's going to cost you. $150,000 if you haven't drawn a tag and you shoot everything on the first, first go. Yep. Minimum. So, yeah. Yeah. Crazy, so isn't it? I, I only mentioned that because I was just looking at your application and it had, um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Desert Bighorn Sheep or Bighorn Sheep. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, in Arizona, I think it was, or wherever it was. Yeah, thinking, Oh, tick
1: one of each. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Got to be in the way. You can draw on No points. It's been done. Hey, it was my Zero. grandmother's.
0: It was my grandmother's dying wish that I go on
1: a sheep hunt. I can't believe you used that on Nick. That's terrible. <laughs> it almost worked too. Oh, you would have murdered. Especially a I told <laughs> I like, You know, he didn't take me. <laughs> uh, anyway. Right. Well, yeah. man, thank you very much for jumping back on and sharing your knowledge. As always, no like, worries, mate, any time. Always a pleasure to a... chat. And I hope everyone enjoyed just the light-hearted, just general chit-chat tonight. So it was... Um, I hadn't caught up with Murph, and I thought I said the other day. I said, "Oh, we need to catch up, a call." And well, it was you or me. Said, so, "Well, we might as well record it." So that's <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, mate, awesome year. You had a cracker. Make sure you do it all again next year. We'll
0: try our hardest, mate.
1: Yeah.
0: Thanks Definitely. very much for having me on. Pleasure, mate. And um, next time you're down in Victoria, call in, eh?
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't, right, mate. I've got to be honest. People say, "Where are you going?" I said, "Mate, I haven't driven, I but it don't hasn't worry. been dark." at all Josh just picks me up from the airport and he goes we're here for five hours you might as well you know just just chill it's out
0: it's a fair so, trip down to Herbie's isn't
1: it oh man that's brutal <laughs> we, didn't even make, we didn't even make camp we camped up on the creek we oh was, did you yeah about quarter to two in the morning so right. but, uh, but yeah no it was a great weekend so once again shout out to Herbie thanks buddy that was bloody awesome so it was real good he's not a bad bloke for fat man <laughs> Sorry, uh, Couldn't resist. Uh, I think he got his chin up. He yeah, yeah. didn't So, but uh, no, nah, thanks again, mate. We'll uh, I'll let you go to bed, mate. We're we're pushing on now, so we'll. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in, and um, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Cheers, mate. Thanks Bye, very mate. much. Good enough. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. As always, I would like to thank Hoyt Bow Hunting and Exo Mountain Gear for their continued support of the podcast. Hoyt have just released their 2019 lineup and I'm excited for what's on offer. The new alloy riser Helix is a real standout to me and I'm sure will impress. That's all for me this week. Good luck in the hills and I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of the Hunting Camp Down Under. Bye for now.